Hey y'all, it's me. It's Christian Jackson, your favorite licensed therapist. I have a quick question for you, and this is no shade. Are you still stuck in that same dating cycle where you end up making choices that don't reflect who you are because you're turning into basically a chameleon, i.e. you mighty morph into whatever your new man or your new woman wants you to be. And your stomach is dropping and you're not sleeping, you're not eating, you're not taking care of yourself. And yes, these are symptoms of anxiety. Relationships are the trigger and they hard and they sometimes suck. So what do you need? Five things that I have in the Grace Method where you can find how to move from being anxiously in love to being more confident in your relationships. Not just dating though, folks, because your kids may be walking all over you too and you need a voice and they need to hear it, right? Come to your Grace space. I am building a community of like-minded women who want to get together monthly to discuss how to move from being anxiously connected to their relationships to being more confident just in themselves. And this accountability community will include the option of one-on-one therapeutic coaching calls with me, access to experts, and more. Go to couchwithchristian.com. That is C-O-U-C-H-W-I-T-H-C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N.com. Follow me on IG at couchwithchristian, and I'll see you there. (laughs) One. Let's get it. Let's get it. What is going on, everybody? We are back with another episode of From My Experience Podcast. Happy New Year once again. Hopefully, you listened to my last episode with Mr. Virgil Johnson uh, and his uh, company and mission, Infrastructure of a Man. We had a very powerful conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think you will thoroughly enjoy it. So if you did not listen to the last episode, I really hope you go back and listen to it. Thank you for continuing to like, share, subscribe. Thank you for the messages of encouragement, the emails, the texts, the comments, all those things. I really love it. Also, if you have a friend, family member, someone you know with an interesting story or an interesting business, tell them to email me, rob at fmepodcast.com or admin at fmepodcast.com. That is how we get a lot of our guests. They just hit us up, and I do my little research, and I'm like, all right, let's go. Or sometimes, you know, I stalk your Instagram page. Either way. But I also have some fan favorites and some personal favorites that I like to bring on to the show. And today, I have two of those wonderful people with me. What we're going to be talking about today is the best man series as a whole. If you are an 80s baby or maybe even a early 90s baby, you know that the best man consisted of an all-star cast of some of my favorite black actors and actresses and just artists in general. And it was a great series. There are two movies in the series and then they had the best man final chapters, which was a mini series on Peacock. And social media was kind of lit up with everything. So I was like, hmm, I need to discuss this. Who can I discuss this with? And I thought of two spectacular ladies who have been on the show before. I'm going to let them introduce themselves right now, but I want y'all to buckle up, get your thoughts, feelings, and opinions together. Please chime in in the comments. We will be posting about this, and I want to know what you all think. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let me give them some intro music. We have two special guests in the building. I love them very much. 
we get foolish in the group text and they have given some of the best advice that I've ever heard on my show. So I'm very happy and proud to know them and to continue to grow with them and con continuing to work with them. So I will let them introduce themselves right now. What's up, everybody? This is Jessica Van. I am a licensed professional counselor in the state of South Carolina. Also working as a coach to help moms bring their whole selves into their parenting so that they can improve their overall relationships in and out of parenting. But um, I'm so happy to be here with Rob and y'all. The behind the scenes is, is crazy here. <laughs> hey, everyone. This is Christian Jackson, the Daddy Issues Therapist. I'm a licensed therapist here in Columbia, South Carolina. And I help you find grace in your relationships. And sometimes that means finding out what the hell is going on with your mommy and daddy issues. Find me at couchwithchristian.com and couchwithchristian on Instagram. Um, I mean, Rob, you really gassed me. I'm ready. You know what, what? I'm saying? I, really, I was a fan favorite. You know what I'm saying? Like, that really just touches my heart. I mean, both of y'all, I've had... But. <laughs> I've had conversations with both y'all that have literally changed my life and changed my perspective on things, oh. and I value that. <clears throat> well, I appreciate that. I mean, yeah, I do. So, and I, sir, this is going to be fun. So thanks for having me back. This is absolutely going to be fun. So we're going to get right into it, y'all. So what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, those of you out there listening, first of all, spoiler, spoiler alert, if you have not seen The Best Man, The Best Man Holiday and the best man final chapters. This is going to be full of spoilers. So I recommend you go watch those movies. You will enjoy them. Um, be prepared to have your heartstrings pulled upon. But we're going to go through each movie briefly. There's two movies. And then we're going to dig deeper into the series. And the reason we're going to go all the way back is because if you go back and watch the first two movies, it adds a whole new point of view on the final chapters because you get to learn more about the history of the characters and what they went through, especially as adults. Like, as a kid, I was just looking at Nia Long the whole time. I didn't really care what was going on with the story. I was just like, dang, she fine. Dang, she fine. That's all I was thinking about. <laughs> now, as a grown man, I was still looking at Nia Long, but... I was paying attention to what was going on, what was being said in the actual relationships, especially now because in my head, I'm close to them. I would assume everyone in that movie is between 40 and 50. That's what it seems like. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's about where I am. And these are like real life things. And these are beautiful black people. Um, it is not trashy. That's what I loved about it. But anyway, I, I, I'm going on. So the best man, the premise of the movie Main character is played by Tay Diggs. His name is Harper. He has a book coming out about his friend group that he went to college with in which he reveals he slept with his best friend's girl in college after she caught him cheating. Now, the best friend and the girl are about, or the woman, are about to get married. And Harper is the one who introduced her to his best friend for them to be together. And so... He is, he dedicated the book to them. And this secret is revealed in the book. But the plot twist is Robin, who is an old flame of Harper's, gets an advanced copy of his book. And the book ends up being passed around the friend group. The idea was for the book to come out after the wedding. But before the wedding, the book comes out. It gets passed around to people and people start figuring out what Harper did ahead of time. And then the ish hits the fan. So 
Ladies, do y'all want to dig in? Do y'all have a point y'all want to touch on? Just reflecting back on that first movie. I have character breakdowns. If y'all have questions about specific <laughs> characters. It's Rob, Rob did this so thoroughly, y'all. I told y'all the behind the scenes is crazy. Not just because, you know, these two. I got to keep them in mind, but... He gives us all of the context of what we're going to be talking about. And I just want to say, so people don't get confused. You said, Robin, it was Jordan. Oh, okay? sorry. You yes. got to keep the people, you got to keep the people right. Cause I'm going to defend my girl Robin later. But uh, yeah, there, there should have been some grown man conversations happening prior to even putting this on paper. Right. So I, I feel like we just started off all wrong and you're absolutely right, Rob. Like you look at this very differently as a child than when you're an adult. First of all, as children, we should not have been seen this. I'm not sure why this happened. (laughs) Not sure why we were involved. Okay, that's a whole nother conversation. But um, these movies that we grow up with really shape the context of our friendships, really shape the way that we see relationships. And this was dysfunctional as hell. And, And going back as an adult, I'm just like, this is something I would wanna have a conversation with one of my friends about. Like, so Christian and I are colleagues, but we're also friends. And had one of us slept with the other one's husband prior to, <laughs> prior yeah, to us getting I married, I'd like to know, you know, I'm not saying it's going to change my decision personally, but let me make an informed decision is what really should have happened here. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, I, I have to say, like, I don't know if this is going to shape how people see me, but I, for one find defense for Harper. I really do because I I kind of relate to him in that writing the book was cathartic. I literally wrote a book about my dad (laughs) and my relationship, which I've caught some heat for. Cotton, is that a word? I caught (laughs) heat for um, without having a conversation with him because our relationship really wasn't where I would like it to have been. But if I'm putting myself in the mind of Harper, did we think about the benefit of writing the book hmm. for Harper? Like, was it cathartic? I don't know. And I have so, to say, in hindsight, I would have loved to have a, the conversation with my dad before mm-hmm. we're looking at lots of differences. Um, but just that cathartic piece, like, could we shift just to kind of ask ourselves, why did Harper write this story? And to me, it could, could it have been a way for him to show, like, his love for his friends? Like, I don't know. It absolutely could have been. I get that. And I think it needs the difference being if you're not talking to a person, do you even have an end with that person? But it seemed like they were still talking to each other. If somebody asked you, let me just tell y'all, my husband is is beating this dude's ass. I already know that. Okay. That's going to happen. The whole hanging him off the balcony. Somebody was getting locked up that night. Okay. But you got to end if somebody is asking you to be the best man in their wedding that's the end you know what you did you yeah. know you wrote a book yeah. <laughs> Why can't you say, hey i needed i needed this for me this was about me it was about celebration of our friendship and in that we're going to celebrate the trials and the tribulations that are going to come out the good and the bad and so with that this came out i don't know how that would have went maybe we wouldn't have had a movie but it is necessary right but i mean i'm thinking about like if we said like rob said in the beginning if the move if the final chapters were when they're like 40s to 50s Mm -hmm. i'm gonna speak for christian christian that like 
what, 10, 15 years prior, if I'm like 25, 20, I was not as vocal or mm -hmm. as a big of an advocate for myself. So I probably would have did some trifling thing like that and just let's, let's just see, let's let it ride because I'm scared to confront my friend about this thing. I'm just going to write the book. He going to be happy when I'm like treating us all the Turks and Caicos on the book proceed. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he get over it. Like that, I'm thinking about 2025, 20, selfish, afraid, timid, don't like confrontation, Christian, like me in that developmental stage and where I was in my life. And perhaps that was Harper writing this book like, hey, I'm not going to let anybody get in my way of whatever the success is because I finally have something for myself. And if I'm putting my counselor hat on, like, what if writing the book was a trauma response, period? Mm. The entire decision to even do this without talking to his friends, he probably ain't had no common sense because he probably has some kind of traumatic <laughs> experience that like literally clouded any kind of like mature processing because Jessica what you're talking about is like we're close to 40 now and we mm -hmm. know what we have done now but if we take ourselves back to Harper where he was then and where we were all then and Jessica she ain't never had no problem speaking her mind I was about to say that let's be honest I was the girl that was like oh. <laughs> yeah me too I sure did mm -hmm. so I never I've never had that but I, I've and I've always because of my trauma my trauma response is to be overly honest because I've had so many things hidden from me and I know what that feels like and I'd rather deal with the conflicts up front now 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 I've softened a little bit right like now I consider a lot of things but I think I've had so much hidden from me that my response would be different and so I want to point this out too and I don't know if this is where you wanted us to go raw but here's the thing about therapy this is why you should shop for therapists because we're all going to have our lenses are based off of our life experiences. It is, you know, yes, it's clinical. We have a book that tells us how we're supposed to do things, but that ain't life. You know, ain't. you you get out of the technicalities and stuff and you get into the best practices and stuff. And, and sometimes that's shaped by our own personal lenses. And so I'm still honestly is the best policy type of girl. It might take me a little bit longer. Um, but Christian knows. We just had this. She's like, if my phone is ringing, I know you want to say something. <laughs> I know that stuff you got to get off your chest. <laughs> and so, you know, that's just the way I am. But for most people, maybe Harper just wasn't there. Yeah. He seems to be kind of like a, in, in therapy world, we may call it a black or white thinking. And this is not exactly what I'm thinking. But like, either his response is going to be small like I can have these conversations or my response is going to be big, like literally mm -hmm. author, you know, like there's no in between, like it's really hard for Harper to, for some reason, be in this gray area. And if I put myself in his mind, because I do relate to him in some ways, I I would think that I would lose uh, my friendship. Mm -hmm. with and so I have done things where I'm like, oh, I'm not going to say anything, whether that's me muting myself or shrinking myself so that the other person can shine or whatever. And just for the public, that's called anxious attachment. Your girl's got an mm -hmm. anxious attachment lean. That's a whole different conversation. But that's how I kind of see and relate to Harper is that he's anxiously attached, meaning he's going to sacrifice most things, including common sense and the things that he could have, should have, would have did <sighs> in order to preserve relationships. So I happen to have that view. That's what I mean about Harper. And like your opinion of him, Rob, before we started recording, I just, I kind of have a soft spot because I can see his anxious attachment. I just, that's what I see. I, 
I actually like every character uh, throughout the series because one thing that I did notice, it's, well, I, there's not a reason not to like them. Everyone was really their, their authentic selves. Like, you never really had to guess. Nobody was truly sneaky or conniving. You could really see who they were, and it was very interesting to see that throughout the series. Um, the other thing that was funny is... When I think about the first movie, Harper didn't... I don't think he thought everyone would really figure it out. And then he also made it in the book to where he cuddled with her. He didn't sleep with her in the book. But um, we ain't stupid. Uh, and <laughs> when Jordan figured it out, he was like, oh, these are just characters in a book with exaggerated experiences. And then she was like, no, like, you think we dumb? Like, we know who this, who this is. Now, another thing that kind of... And this kind of rubs people the wrong way. And I, I don't know if y'all been through this. So again, he's writing about his friend group from college. So he's describing all of them and their personalities. And almost everybody had a problem with how they were being portrayed. And that that was an interesting dynamic. Um, and just to give y'all a little bit of a quick character background. So let me get these names right. Jordan. Jordan was very hardworking and ambitious, um, and at the time she was working at BET as a producer, so she was like known as like the go-getter, the hardworking woman. And her and Harper had like this hot, fiery, I guess, chemistry. There's a sexual chemistry and just this really strong friendship, but they just never took it there. I still don't understand why. I still don't know why. I'm like y'all had all y'all had nothing but space and opportunity, but y'all didn't do it. Um, then you have his friend Merch, who was a teacher at the time. Uh, Merch was known for not keeping a secret. And Ner Merch was kind of looked at as like the soft one and a pushover because he was dating another person in a friend group who was Shelby, whose personality dramatically changed throughout the series. Shelby was very bougie in the first movie, you know? Um, <clears throat> it was very weird, but she was very bougie and she was actually dating Merch and Merch was kind of like bending to her will every five seconds until he got peer pressure from the fellas and they kind of teased him about it. Then you have Quentin, who was, he was exploring himself. He was bouncing around, kind of doing a bunch of things, kind of figuring things out. That's who I related to because I was like, yeah, I know that guy. And nobody really took him as serious as he felt. And you could kind of see the conflict between him and Harper. He kind of felt judged by Harper. So him and Harper kind of went at it. And he was, when he read the book, he was really on Harper's ass. Like, that was funny. And then you have Lance and Mia. Lance, superstar athlete in college. Uh, interesting man of God. And also in them streets, heavy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that's another reason why I related to him too, Chuck. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> he was in the streets heavy. And then uh, I forgot to add this. <clears throat> so you have Mia. Mia is, uh, for lack of a better term, outside of sleeping with Harper, the sweet, innocent, kind angel. She was actually a virgin. Now I think about it. Harper took her virginity. Um, oh, shit. I ain't know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she is a virgin and that was one of the reasons why Lance kind of held her on this pedestal too is because you know she is so biblical and to God and then she's like this sweet angel this virgin you know and then your best friend was like yeah not anymore dog um but that's a quick breakdown of the characters um the movie we know these people like, we, we know these people. We all went to school with these people. And, I mean, and I'm so sorry to cut you off. Like, 
Quentin is, is me, right? Banks was fighting for her life to be taken seriously, but nobody saw, nobody saw me the way that I wanted people to see me. And that's the thing, I, you know, I tell clients all the time, we have to make space for the way that people experience us. And so that's what this, this book really forced them to see the way they were being experienced by Harper. Um, and that's a hard conversation to have in a friend group. It, it, it's just really difficult um, because you don't want your friends to take it the wrong way. And so again, to Christian's point earlier, it probably was cathartic for him to be able to put on paper, this is the way I experience these people and to be able to hide behind, these are just characters. But let's talk about Lance Ass. Let's talk about the real problem here, okay? <laughs> Lance, I don't know plenty of niggas. Lance, Lance. <laughs> these these men of God are really like men of men, if you think about it, right? Because there's a lot of churches where they don't worship God; they worship the pastor, and the pastor is but a man, and the pastor is out there doing his dirt and doing his thing. We teach women specifically that your virginity is this precious beautiful gift that you should only give to the right person and the da 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 but then men just go out here and smut out whomever they they choose and they try to preserve this other thing for them so what are you giving her lands with no fucking prize okay now you can say he was because he was a christ superstar he was a man of god and he was gonna gonna go to the nfl and stuff but what were you giving her emotionally? Mm-hmm. How are you showing up? And the reason she chose to give her virginity to someone else is because he gave her what she needed in that moment. Mm-hmm. I'm still not a fan of Harper. However, he was there in that moment and gave her something that she obviously was not seeing from Lance. Mm-hmm. There's a why she didn't save herself for him, period. Period. Yeah. There's like there's this idea that um men are allowed to obviously kind of do what they want to and we're supposed to kind of wait in the wings and that's not fair so i actually now i think it's coming back to me that mia was a virgin and i'm almost like okay girl get yours (laughs) yours and you know maybe it's not get your sex get your whatever that is you know what i'm saying like whatever it it whatever is meaningful to you that you may have been holding back upon for someone else so i think for a while she probably wanted to express herself in some kind of way and whether she did it for him for lance or not or to get his attention or not is probably you know a different conversation and probably an interesting one but i do encourage anyone who is in a relationship who believes that they have to act or be a certain way if there is a mold that they want to break then then do that thing (laughs) to whatever degree you need to safely however you need to see it i mean but mia was using her voice in that very interesting way i think yeah uh i i think um this, you know, watching that reminds me of one of my personal philosophies. This is why I don't play with people's emotions because you can see the results of that. Um, mm-hmm. And feel how you want to feel about the characters, y'all. But Mia specifically chose Harper because Lance hurt her so bad by cheating on her and dogging her out. She was like, well, I'm, this is my get back. 
who better to choose than this guy? You kind of that is revealed later. It's revealed in the second movie. I'm skipping ahead, but she, they, her, and Lance actually talked about it for the first time in that movie because <laughs> uh, he was still mad, and that was 15 years after the first movie. And I believe this is about seven years after they got out of college. Based, Merchant Shelby dated for seven years. I'm pretty sure. I know, which is crazy. But That's I think crazy. this. I think you know, it's hard to talk about these movies individually. And yeah. the reason I say that now that we have this whole universe, right, it's, it's because it all boils down to choice, what you just said. Everybody <clears throat> wants to be chose, point blank, period. <laughs> and what you see in the second movie, I'm jumping ahead, but come on, people, hopefully you've seen this now. But in the second movie, okay, Morris Chestnut is, is a brilliant actor okay he can he can pull out some emotion but when she says something like um i chose him you're mad at me like stop being mad at harper you're mad at me because i chose him and homeboy got the bottom lip quickly and he said you chose him <laughs> yes i chose him because you didn't choose me mm. Ooh. and that is all that people are asking for is to be chosen, to be seen. There is nothing more powerful than being with a partner who sees you mm -hmm. and who is able to tell you over and over again, I chose you, right? I know good and hell well, and I tell my husband all the time, we met in 2005, we didn't reconnect until 2011. Had we dated in 2005, we would still be carrying that hurt because we were not in a place to choose each other mm -hmm. at all. Mm. And that's where they were in that first movie, in that college period. They were in a place to choose each other. They were playing house, and we've all done it. We've all thought these relationships were more serious than they were mm -hmm. and not acknowledging them as the building blocks to what was going to be our forever. But everybody in this whole movie is, is trying to get chose. And throughout this conversation, I can give you an example of, of how. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you know, one thing to add to that, though, is that I think Lance thought he was choosing her, though. He really thought he was doing a good job choosing Mia because I'm the football star or I have given you this and I can give you that. And so that is also a testament to how we put our blinders on. I think if Lance uh -huh. slowed down, he probably would have seen that he wasn't answering whatever needs Mia had. Um, and he also was not being true to himself because I mean, I don't want to generalize, but for people who are overachievers, I mean, obviously I see lots of things in my therapy practice they're answering for someone you're trying to prove to someone else and you think okay i've checked this box and this box and that one um i'm quite sure he felt lots of pressure to answer a lot of calls um but he thought he was doing a good job i think that's where he messed up two things christian that you brought up for me uh -huh. one you know it's that old adage like john legend said you can't say i don't love you just because i cheat on you because you don't see the things i do just to keep you from knowing the things i do like erase my phone and stay right. out of town. <laughs> stay oh, strapped up when I sleep around. You know what I'm saying? So Lance thought he was doing something right by keeping it a secret. But another, okay? It's y'all getting some insight to therapy friendships. Now we've talked about this. Mm -hmm. Why do men choose to marry the good girl? Hmm. They Why? choose to sleep around mm -hmm. with the um the openly sexual girl, the girl who like 
might know a little bit more about herself and might be more honest with who she is. Like, if you let the streets of Winthrop University tell it, I was not supposed to be married, okay? <laughs> when nobody, nobody's supposed to wife banks, okay? But the truth of the matter is, I've never lied about who I am. Mm-hmm. And some of these good girls that you done scooped up and now you're wondering, well, why don't I get sex? Because she, she did what she was supposed to do. Somebody told her she's supposed to be a wife and a mother. She has a baby now. And now she's done. She's being a mother. Mm-hmm. That whole lady in the, in the streets and freaking the sheets shit ain't for every girl. Mm-mm. It ain't. I got an agenda. I'm answering to someone else. Like Christian said, the, the reason I am the good girl is because somebody told me I had to be. Mm-hmm. And and luckily I was raised as a wild child. I had no parameters. <laughs> so I just did <laughs> what I wanted to do. <laughs> you being your authentic self and being honest about who you are is highly valuable. I, I definitely value that in a woman. Um, I'm going to touch on a couple more quick things with the first movie, then we're going to dig deeper into the second movie because things take a hell of a twist in the second movie. Um, my heartstrings got pulled on a little bit, man, watching Harper cry like that. Oh, Harper was in a relationship, y'all. So this mess, this book... And him showing up to the wedding um, and being the best man. His girlfriend at the time, uh, Robin, knows about the book, knows about the ins and outs of everything, and is still with him and loves him. And he's kind of stuck in this place of, I really like you. (laughs) Um, And long story short, Lance finds out, whoops, Harper's behind. uh, And now they're trying to convince him to get married. Throughout this, now he's dating Robin, and he made the choice that he was gonna sleep with Jordan because his friend, because Lance kind of egged him on, like, dog, you gotta be a dog at least one time, man. Like y'all, y'all had this back and forth in college, man. Go ahead and do that, man. You know your girl will never find out, kind of like what we was talking about earlier. Um, and he was gonna do it until he got his ass whooped, and then he showed up, and Neil along was just looking all fine and succulent and this dude showed up with a beat up face half dead and that didn't happen um and shelby and merch break up and he uh, he fell for candace who was at the time uh a private dancer if you will and she was at the bachelor party but she was working her way through school and they kind of had like a little intellectual conversation and connection so he broke up with shelby and that's how he met candace and I forget how, but oh, Candace caught the bride. The, what's the thing? The garter belt, not Candace. The bouquet. Mm-hmm. Not Candace. Uh, Shelby caught the bouquet at the wedding, and Quentin caught the garter belt, and he did this little freaky thing with her. Now these two can't stand each other, and then they end up sleeping together. That that's gonna come into play later, but um. Yeah, so that was like everyone kind of like it kind of it didn't end happily ever after, but it quote unquote worked out. And Harper proposed to Robin at Lance's wedding at the reception, y'all. Don't do that. Okay. If somebody spend however many thousands of dollars for their wedding and wedding reception, don't do that. You, <laughs> I just I had to I had to put that out there. Do not do that. It That's was, rude. <sighs> That, there was so much wrong with that. Like, you was just about to sleep with another woman. You barely committed, but you've been through what I would consider 
a fairly traumatic and emotionally driven situation where a lot of things happen. And I know that sometimes when that happens, you think, I'm going to turn my life around. I still have this really good thing. I need to hold on to it. Nah, bro, you need to take like a week or two and process this before you jump out the window. I mean, you propose mm-hmm. no ring, nothing. So you could tell it was highly impulsive. And that com- that comes into play later. But that pretty much sums up the first movie in a nutshell. Again, go back and watch it. Uh, any other thoughts, comments about the first movie, ladies? About what you just said, though, Rob, yes, people have traumatic experiences or enlightening experiences, and we don't recommend, and I say we, I mean therapists, don't recommend that you go out and make huge life changes at this point. Like, for instance, you know, when people are in AA for sobriety, you know, to recover uh, from whatever substance use, they say do not make any huge changes within the first like 30 to 90 days um, because you need to be processing it. You need to be sitting with the lessons that you've learned. And this, we all knew, I knew this as a kid. I just remember thinking, this doesn't make sense to me. Like that marriage was doomed from the start because you hadn't learned the lesson. You hadn't had the time out (laughs) to just sit and think about, well, what, was it that this whole thing was trying to teach me and uh yeah then we roll into the second movie (laughs) yeah i think to um just to break robin and harper down a little bit more i'm kind of going into this conversation thinking about who i was and where i was when i first saw the best man i was all like oh my god he proposed this is amazing i loved it that was me when i first saw the movie and 20s right black love black love black love you know what i'm saying fairy tale save me that's where i was i mean my husband could have proposed to me without a ring and i would have been fine because i was begging for that for so long in my mind wasn't ready right but it happened so that says a lot about me and where i was (laughs) what scraps i would have taken to be saved right to be chosen like jessica said earlier um fast forwarding of course watching this as an adult and to piggyback on what jessica said um i think that if you are in a relationship with someone who is kind of all over the place, um, like Robin was trying to find herself, which is totally fine for us to do, right? Mm-hmm. But I still think it's a cue for us to pause and ask questions like, hey, babe, you were just doing this thing last week and you're kind of into this this week. One great question to ask is what 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 are you looking for and what could you possibly be ignoring because Robin, and we don't get too much into her story, which I wish we got more background on right. Um, What was she running from? What was she looking for? Um, because I think that that talks a lot about her childhood. And I think there would have been, they probably wouldn't have been together if they would have had that conversation. Mm-hmm. If I they seem to be two different people. And um, they're both seeking, I think. But mm-hmm. I wish we would have had more background ground on, on Robin. She was obviously searching for something. And if we don't pause enough in life in general, we miss things. And I'm not trying to play the blame game at all. But I think that her kind of bouncing all over the place and kind of trying to start her career or whatever might have clouded her intuition. Because I know she knew that there was something going on between her man and Jordan. And she just got her start- face. Her face is popping up in my mind right now when he proposed. And it looked like it was a people-pleasing thing for me. Like, don't embarrass him. You can't say no. 
And even still, so here's the thing. I'm a firm believer that with uh, proposals can be declined and not end a relationship. Like you can say, look, we're not ready to do forever, but we might be in a place where it's okay for us to work towards that. But I think she said yes because she didn't want to embarrass him in front of everybody. If you can't, I mean, like, if you can't visualize her face right now, I really want y'all to go back and just go to that scene and just look at her face. And she's looking around like, yeah. oh, oh, what are you, do what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. Was it her voice? And just like life is kind of dragging her around to make all these decisions and try all these things. Maybe it was like, huh, I could try this. You know, it could have yeah. been that. That was kind of like her, her mojo or her speed. It was a lot. Here's the other thing you brought this up. Um, two things I realized with you talking, Christian. Um, one thing I talked about in the text group. One thing brand new. One thing we talked about in the text group is so we just talked about this these friendships that Harper had. Robin, his girlfriend now fiance, is drawn into that becomes her circle. She don't have her own circle that we ever see or exposed to. Those people, their experiences, their trauma become a huge part of her life. She just kind of gets absorbed into Harper's entire life. That is really weird. Um, I've never seen that before. And I could just imagine how jarring that could be because all these people have this history and they know my man in a way that I'm still trying to get to know him. And now I'm just trying to fit in. Um, and also with her trying to find herself and discover herself, because the one thing she did consistently, she had a passion for food and cooking. Um, when you look at the rest of Harper's friend, all of them damn near are at the peak of success. All of them know who they are, minus Lance in the in the final chapters. But for the most part, most of them are like peaking at their success. They're on this path. So when you're around everyone and it seems like they know exactly what they're doing and you don't, that makes it even harder to fit in. And it makes you feel a bit awkward and off. Like, is something wrong with me? Like, what's going on? Like, everyone around me is going after they want and I see them reaching new heights and new success. And it's like, dang, I kind of feel left out. And then, you know, you still got Jordan over here. So <laughs> it, it, it's a lot. So I felt for her. So those of you calling Robin the villain, man, you know, come on, man. Think about it. But anyway, all right. Best Man Holiday, the second movie. The second movie takes takes place 15 years later. Um, Mia has invited everyone over to the house for Christmas. Uh, so the the other premise, the premise of this movie, well, you find out later, spoiler alert, Mia, you find out in, is bringing everyone back together because basically after the wedding and all that, you know, <laughs> after everyone has made these life-changing decisions, the feelings come into play and everyone really reflects on what had happened and they hadn't really hung out since. Uh, so what is happening is Mia, Mia is sick. You don't find out till later in the movie, but she's sick with cancer and she's dying. And I believe she knows she's going to die because they've tried everything. So she wants to bring, she really wants to bring Harper and Lance back together. Um, at this point, Harper's later, latest book isn't doing well and it's not able to take off and he needs a new book. He was fired by NYU and he is struggling financially. His editor wants him to write Lance's bio. Lance at this time is about to retire from the NFL. He's almost about to break a new record in the NFL. He's a superstar. Uh, so again, Mia invites everyone over for Christmas. She has cancer. And only Lance and Harper end up finding out at first. And Robin... Oh, ooh, let me take that out. Well, that'll come later. So that's the premise of this movie. So uh, immediately, uh, you can kind of see... 
how the relationship between Harper and Robin Robin is going. She's pregnant. So Robin is super pregnant um, at this time. And now it's like, hey, you know, I remember what we did all those years ago? My friends, we about to do this again. And once again, I got this book. But this time, my friend who's pissed off with me still, I need this from him. Like, I need this. Like, he got the bills saying past due. You got a baby on the way. Like, that's some stress with a capital S. So he ends up going. And immediately you can tell Lance is still pissed. Like the angry Morris Chestnut is a scary guy. Like he's <laughs> oh, he very sexy, by the way. I know he's sexy. Sexy, angry. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. So I can, see that. I can see that face too. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> at this point, they have a family, big, beautiful house. Um. Robin, let me see. Da, 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 da. Yeah, so Harper's first book took off from the first movie. It took off very well, which led to him needing another book. Uh, Robin is getting known, his wife is getting known as a chef at this time. Like she's in articles and stuff like that. Uh, Jordan is now at MSNBC and she's getting awards and stuff like that. Um, and I, <laughs> Why am I so ignorant? She's dating a white man at this point. By the way, he just disappears. <laughs> Like <laughs> that's that's how I thought you was gonna say it too. That's yeah, how it yeah. Was. He's a like, that was a curveball. Merchant Candace, uh, they got married. They started their own school. They have two kids. Um, and in the movie, Candace's past catches up with her. Shelby joins the Real Housewives crew, and she had a baby at the time. Uh, Quint- right. Yep. <laughs> Quentin started a management company, so he's managing artists and stuff like that. And Lance and Mia were married with four kids. And so, booyah. So this is the start of this. So now they're all in this house together, which was interesting. Um, And they're just all, you know, leading up to one of Lance's big games and just leading up to the holidays. And then conversations ensue. So let's add, you got to add this layer, Robin. I'm not sure if you picked up on it because maybe you've never had this experience or because you're not a woman. But not only is Robin pregnant, she has suffered the loss of a pregnancy true and it it comes up very subtly because we don't talk about these things but you know with harper saying little things we're like well this baby is going to be born healthy or Mm -hmm. this baby you know and so it's like in all of this you're asking this very pregnant woman to travel number one Mm -hmm. and you're asking her to put aside any feelings she may still be holding Mm -hmm. for the loss of a pregnancy and and you know one in four women will experience spontaneous pregnancy loss um i am one in four and i can tell you that your partner no matter how hard they try um will never feel the way you feel will never understand and it honestly didn't even look like harper was trying like it, and here's the thing here because i get men have different struggles he I could only assume if thinking I can't deal with this really abstract thing for me because I don't get this. But all these past due bills and the fact that we need a book for me to be able to bring in money, I get that. And that for a woman who has suffered a loss feels like being dismissed. Because mm-hmm. she can't she can't deal in what's real because she's still trying to figure out the the would have been. The like my body prepared to have a baby for X amount of months, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Um, 
and now we're now we're here dealing with your friends and they bullshit and that gets completely skirted over so again to those of you thinking robin is a villain please take that into consideration as well and mind you she's supporting harper the whole time like harper is doing book signings i think he went on a book tour um you bring up a really good point too because the the trauma and issues of the first movie have not been resolved like the assumption is after that wedding in the first movie, they parted ways for 15 years. No conversations, no context, no I'm sorry, nothing. You know what I'm saying? And now it's like, hey, babe, remember what we did 15 years ago? And now you're pregnant? Let's go do it again. And you know I'm coming in with the intention of talking to Lance and asking about this book because I need it. You didn't find out how bad until later, but I need this book. So you know it's going to be conflict because he whooped my ass the last time. So what you think he's going to do this time? You're asking your pregnant wife to walk into the... I wouldn't have did it. That would have been a solo Again, trip. <laughs> Harper asking to be chose. Again, it looks like Harper is coming in with this ulterior motive Yeah. because I need something, right? Because it looked to me, and maybe, maybe I took this the wrong way, but it looked to me like he had that invitation for a while. Like he, he had did. looked at it. He had pondered it. And maybe hadn't said anything to Robin until he was like, we're at a point of need. And this is what my agent wants me to do is to get this this uh, biography from Lance. So trying to get chose wants to get Yeah, you know, I just have to say I'm going to um, divest from relating to Harper by the second movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's your hill. You die on it. That part... <laughs> You know, I mean, that is a lot to ask. And I haven't seen the second movie in a while. So I'm just sitting here listening to you guys break this down. And there are lots of things to consider um, with him trying to provide for his family. Like, at that point, yeah, we'll go and do anything. Like, it doesn't matter. I'll go take another ass whooping, concussed and all, and make another rash decision <laughs> by the end of the movie. Like, you know... There's there's a lot there. And still, we don't get background on Robin having friends. Like, what the hell? Did yes. you just spend all the time, like, supporting Harper? That's weird. Maybe. Maybe. So, That's the thing. Um, so, throughout the movie, uh, you can just see the tension between Lance and Harper. Harper's kind of, he's taking notes. So, he's sneaking and taking notes about some of the insights that are going on with Lance and what he's thinking towards the retirement and about to break a record. Um... Quentin and Shelby are kind of going at it a bit. Now, mind you, a little bit of mess here. The child that Shelby has is Quentin's, and he don't know it. He doesn't find out until much later. Uh, mm -hmm. So that I think that kind of leads to some of the drama between the two of them. Because it's like, ooh, I love you and hate you at the same time. And this is your baby, but I'm not going to tell you. Um, and he's just being him. And I'm glad he reached his new level of success because he kind of settled. But his personality kind of remained the same. Uh, Merch is trying to raise money for the school and there is a video of Candace at a frat party that came out and one of the biggest donors, I think he donates like $2 million a year, saw the video of Candace getting ready to go into the room and she went in the room and accepted some money from a young white man and uh, the door <laughs> closes so you can assume some sexual activity was happening there. But it was that's, this was a long time ago. We're talking about almost probably at this point, probably 20 years ago. Um, but it happened and that's YouTube. So 
he's kind of working through that with his wife. He's not saying anything, but he's kind of harboring resentment to her. And he's kind of, he's embarrassed by her past. And the other weird thing is like, you showing this to your, you showed this to Quentin. And I'm like, this was, I, I had to ask my husband. I'm like, so bad. <laughs> you saw the tape of me um, in this predicament and you go to your boys. Like you don't come to me and say, babe, this is out here. How, how do we address it, right? Because you know what Candace's past is, yeah. but you take it to your male friends. But y'all know, and, Mark, now he, I'm sorry to cut you off, but he no. asked for permission basically the entire time. You think yeah, about who he is. You're right. And him dating Shelby and Kyle being the doormat, like yeah. that's on. Right. So again, I have to wonder what happened in this chat man childhood where he go to his friends and ask for approval. Uh, that's him. That's him. That's uh, on brand. It is it's weird. It's really weird. Um, <laughs> you know, at some point something has to click. Um, but you know, Rob and I don't. I don't know if you were headed this way, but offline, Rob and I kind of had the conversation about the other elephant in the room not being addressed. Right? There's so many tensions in this in this friend group. But merch dated Shelby. Shelby slept with Quentin. There, so after showing Quentin and all the people this video of your wife, y'all in the pool room talking about who rocks the mic best. Yeah. Your wife, your ex, who your friend slept with, and another co topic of conversation in my household, I'm like, do you be talking about this with your friends? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, shit, I'm not we do. talking to your friends. <laughs> I can I guess I so. haven't been married. Pref let me preface. I have not been married and I'm not married. And when I get married, I'll probably be more secretive. But yeah, I've had conversations with friends of that nature. It's like who did what the best or who's the top five or top three. Yeah, we talk about stuff like that. We do. Yeah, that's fine. I'm we completely candid. I don't mind because I'm top two and I'm not number two. Okay. But um, <laughs> like when you married, it's another thing to it. And Rob brought up the point that nobody thinks it's weird that Quentin slept with Merch's ex-girlfriend whom he dated for at least seven years. That's the biggest no-no like, nope. in the black community. I've seen so many social media <laughs> posts, yada, yada, yada. I don't believe in it because like once I'm done with you, I'm done with you. It, it's, you know, it's so funny. We're, it's like you break up for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. But y'all are broken up, yet you still want to be possessive. It's like, it's no, like, we're, we're done. That's like you you selling your car, but then you saying, nah, you can't buy it. You can't. No, like, <laughs> it's over. But it's weird that there was never a conversation, even though the breakup was, even though people kind of saw, Merch, you really don't belong with her. You really don't like being treated like this. He stood up for herself, broke up with her. And now Quentin immediately moves in. That was just really weird. It was just weird. Like, y'all ain't never had a conversation about it. Like, yo, dog, like, Hey man, me and Shelby, you know, bong bong bong. Um, it comes from the conversation. See what you said? You know, mm -hmm. set yourself up, right? Because when I was in college, if I was talking about how somebody got down, that means I don't really care about this particular person. Go ahead, test it out. Let's talk about it later. And see, the men don't realize y'all setting the same precedent because mm -hmm. that meant Quentin was just curious. Well, Merck said it yep. was like this. Let me see what it's like. Yep. And so, but. But the fact that nobody brought it up was pretty interesting. And I think it, it depends on like the degree of relationship. Like 
I wouldn't expect to divorce my husband and then somebody in my friend group date my husband because I'm like, bitch. Right? Yeah. (laughs) For real, friend. I mean, that says a lot about what Quentin believed believed about merch. Like, maybe he didn't see merch as a threat. I don't think anybody did. I'd be offended too. Like, damn, like, you didn't even think I was worth asking anything. And that's a layer. Is life experience merch never gets chosen or respected for that matter? Um, and seven years is a long time later, like you yeah. can tell daughters later, it's still like they don't really respect him as much. Either. And you know, that his whole arc about the white women and stuff will get to the Karens, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, merch, I don't know, he had an interesting uh role to say the least. And I just I want to go back, right? So, so Lance, um, he's mad the whole time, looking sexy, right. he's mad the whole time and then you have uh who else um uh i wanted to compare him to merch just because of the oh yes finding the youtube video of candace and he's like oh my god i'm I'm holding resentment and all i can hear in my mind is jay-z's song cry cry me a river my nigga like are you kidding me? You really gonna be holding all these years of resentment of something I did for so so long ago, but you want to scream and cry? You don't get a nigga back like that, really? When you was not present or you weren't doing the things, and I have personally experienced this before I was married, where someone that I'm married to held something that I did above my head without me knowing for the longest time. I'm like, nigga, you was you was mad about that. Oh, okay. or people holding on to stuff like that shit to do with you. Let me, make it, <laughs> let me make it even funnier. You met me while I was doing it. <laughs> you knew the thing. And then, then but then, then you cheated first, but didn't tell me. So it's like, that was my personal story. And we worked through that. But I'm just saying, like, it's this strange thing. I don't want to say it's men, but what? Okay. <laughs> because we, what we know. Think about all the cheating senators, okay? When a senator cheats, you see his wife in the background, people in uh, podcast land, y'all can't see me. Mm-hmm. But she's sitting there stoic. Mm-hmm. She's got a little smile on her face. She's rubbing his back. But the one time a female senator cheated, now there's a meme on, on this somewhere on the internet of all the male senators with their wives standing by there. When the female senator cheated, her husband didn't even come to the press conference. Mm-hmm. Because it holds something different when a man gets cheated on. That ego so damn fragile. It is. Whereas when a woman gets cheated on, we're almost awarded we're supposed for to yeah. for the the amount of abuse and disrespect we can take. Exactly. Right. It- and I mean, somebody out there is thinking, "Oh, that bitch is dumb." However, there's someone else saying, "That's a good woman. That's mm-hmm. old school values right there. That's how you keep a marriage together for 20 years." I don't want my grandmother's relationship to this day. That woman is 90 years old and will not go to certain places because she don't want to run into one of Paul's women at 90. That bitch is probably dead, Grancy. Just go. Jesus. It's these nasty societal norms, man. And I, I just live simple. Like, I, I don't want to do anything to you that I wouldn't want you to do to me. Like, who wants to be cheated on? Who wants to go through that? And it's like, fellas out there, you know, Think about the stuff you do. You're cheating. You're messing with these women and how that makes your wife look. Imagine if she's doing that to you. Like, 
just to get vulgar, she got another man dick in her mouth. Like she she let some dude not, like. Do you want that? Because this is what you're doing, and then you're coming back home to her. Like who wants that? You got people laughing behind her back. Like these societal norms are just nasty. They're toxic, and a lot of it, a lot of it is because well, I'm the provider. I have this big life. This is the cost of you being a part of this life. Now, if y'all have a discussion and that's what she signs up for, that's totally different. But most of y'all ain't having that discussion. Y'all just like, yo, I'm just going to go do my thing. And then some of y'all just stupid. Like, how you get caught? Some of y'all just stupid. Like, I, I don't get it's it. It's funny because I, I work, I'm minimizing this, but I've worked with some couples and I've worked with ethically non-monogamous couples, right? So these are people who have decided they are not going to be monogamous. And then I have couples who are like, that's stupid. I would never do that. Why you're doing it? You're currently unethically non-monogamous. Your husband, the reason you're here is because there's infidelity in your marriage, right? And you're still not having the conversations. So don't, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. Can we get on how the least least toxic people in this whole thing were the people who were written to be most toxic like i would say quentin is probably least problematic in this movie he is <laughs> would, everybody knows what to expect from him exactly, exactly. And, and they know what to expect <laughs> I yeah. say shelby just a, a, she's below she's definitely below because she got her own shit going on but again people know what to expect from shelby yeah, That's because true. these people have been honest about who they were but they were written to be the bad guys the disruptors and i i think in that in that time period and this is the other just black community stuff here y'all that's what we did we swept stuff under the rug we didn't sweep our mind we kept secrets all of that stuff they now it's popular or more of the norm to speak your mind and to speak up for yourself and that's what shelby and quentin did the most which is why as an adult when i'm looking at it like Quentin was a pot stirrer very heavily in that first movie, but one, it was because he was judged. And two, it's like, yo, I'm trying to figure my stuff out and y'all trying to play me. But then it's like, at least I'm being my authentic self. You writing this book, you done slept with this man's future wife. You ain't even tell him about it. You know, y'all got all this stuff going on, but y'all y'all try to clown me because I don't quote unquote have it together. Y'all stuff ain't together, but it's just not on the surface like mine. But I know all of y'all, and I ain't going to blow your life up. I could, but I'm not going to blow your life up. So you're right. Like, back then, they probably were viewed as toxic. But, you know, it's funny when we go back and look at these movies, and we can see, yo, they weren't toxic. They were just honest. And imagine what those friendships would have been like. Exactly. This is something that enrages me, right? Because (laughs) I spent a lot of time in college. I decided when I went to college, if I was going to be disliked, it was going to be because I was who I am. I would much rather you dislike me for who I am than dislike the character that I played in high school. And that happened a Mm -hmm. lot. And then I kind of got beat into submission that like, okay, you need to be like this. Be normal, Jessica. And then we got into this wave where authenticity was the thing. And I'm like, I been on that. Y'all But but you're absolutely right. Like, it's a new wave. And I think we get into seeing that wave in the um in the the final chapters it's like quentin kind of got beat into submission a little bit we saw how that <laughs> the first one didn't, didn't last long at all yeah yeah, yeah. it did not last long <laughs> so just to sum up the second movie um 
Quentin finds out that Harper is going through tough times and, you know, he asks him if he needs some money, man. And, you know, he, his pride and ego, he had to put to the side because they went to the store to buy something and his car got declined. And, you know, he cried with his friend, man, and said, yeah, you know, I need some money. Like, and Quentin was like, I got you. You know what I'm saying? Quentin could see what was going on because he was like the all seeing eye throughout this whole thing. He could see what was going on. He was like, I got your back. And I was really good to see that love and see to see him be there for him in that way. Um... Quentin, I mean, Harper and Robin did not really have a moment. Like, they were talking in the kitchen and talking about Mia being sick. And uh, Harper got caught (laughs) by Robin kissing Jordan on the forehead. Uh, I think I said that right. Yes, Jordan and Harper, who had the flame or whatever. He caught his pregnant wife, caught him kissing her on the forehead. Granted, it wasn't quote unquote like that. It was like, bro, put your lips away. Jesus. Um, <laughs> give me, like, I have some of my friends that I love to death. I don't just kiss them, like, even if it's innocent. Uh, but yeah, she caught that moment, and which brought back all the feelings of the first movie and the what ifs and the doubts and all that stuff that already lived in her head. So they kind of worked through that. Um, what else significant happened? I think we covered pretty much that. So I, can we talk about, but yeah, can we, yeah. What I miss? Me me and 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 Jones. No, I was going to get to that. I was going to say that for last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big thing. (laughs) No, I wasn't going to skip over it. Yeah, I got the notes. I got you, but go ahead. Y'all can go ahead and get into (laughs) that part. So, what's the name? Jordan puts together the sketch of the book. Or whatever, with the with the mock-up will look like. Yeah. And Harper says, and I think this was a, a genuine moment where Harper was like, Man, this could be great, but I know with all this going on with me, this is not the right time, right? Yeah. Send me a copy of this so that I have it and delete it. It doesn't get deleted. Lance sees it. Lance spazzes out. He's um, triggered again. He triggered. is triggered, okay? Mm-hmm. Spazzes out. Damn near beats. Uh, Harper's ass, but he ended up just pushing him this time. Um, I think because Mia was there, and we fast forward to Mia dying, and that scene at the graveyard. That scene at the graveyard gets me every time. Okay, because how do you hold it together after you lose a spouse? Like I've decided that me and my husband are going out like the Notebook. We got to go at the same time. Because I I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. And the fact that it was Harper there to support him, not the entire friend group, but just him and Harper having that moment. Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah. And if I could flip it on its head, could it be Harper trying to just assuage his own guilt? You know what I mean? I- I pray not. You you want to think that's a genuine moment, but you know it's a genuine moment. But you know it's yeah. not. I think it's one hundred percent a thing. I don't think it's not. It's so, not. I mean, I hate to burst bubbles up in here, but <laughs> some of that could have been selfish. I mean, you know, they were friends and stuff too, and I know that he he wanted he probably wanted for fifteen years to have a moment like that. So I want to believe too that it was absolutely genuine, but. Oh my god. So yeah. uh Yeah. Um Mia died three <laughs> days after Christmas. Uh after yeah, after that, Lance actually de- delivers Harper's baby. <laughs> Which I love. That that scene was beautiful too, because he was like, uh, 
I'm about to check her service. And Harper was looking like, the fuck? Yeah, right. <laughs> There's nothing, nothing sexual we'll about this, sir. <laughs> that, that, um, Lance does greenlight Harper to write the book. Now, 10 months later, didn't know this, going back and watch it. This is when Quentin announced he was getting married. That's how the second movie ended. Cause like when this the, the final chapters was like Quentin's getting married. That's random. No, it's not. This how the second movie ended. I was like, oh. So that's how that movie was. A little bit less drama, uh, but it was still there. You you dealing with the the ramifications of the first movie. I want to ask you this though, Rob. Did you think it was weird? My husband brought it up that they named the baby Leah because Robin says to him. So Harper is good for sticking his foot in his mouth, right? And before he learns that Mia is sick, he says to Robin, do you think something's going on with Mia? Doesn't she look really skinny? Yeah. And Robin gets mad and yeah. says, so you're going to tell your pregnant wife yep. about how the woman you slept with looks so skinny, right? Mm-hmm. Then they find out she's sick, she dies, and they named the baby Mia. Carl was like, uh, no. Like, I know you wouldn't let me name no baby after somebody I've penetrated. <laughs> oh, I didn't I even think I'm, about that. I'm not that person, but okay. Um, yeah, and but, then like that's your man's wife, and that whole history. I mean, you wanted to honor her, but that's mm-hmm. a lie. And this is and, and this ain't a middle name. It's the first name. Yeah, <laughs> it's like this is our marriage and our family legacy. And you again, again, Harper. Those of you calling Robin the villain, you're asking her to live with something else. She can't get. She can't get away. <laughs> hey, let's bring this memory of all this trauma into our lives forever. For the rest of it. <laughs> okay, let me throw this in here now. Okay. This is not in defense of anyone. Yes, it is. Don't look at that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it would have been worse if he named the baby freaking uh Jordan. I mean, come on, guys. But those are those are two names just off the off the record. Okay, like these are just two limits. However, I mean There's so many names in the world. It's so many. I'm just saying, it's like, so I don't. I guess what I'm saying is like, I don't think just Maya. Maybe you named her Maya. You know, bye. Me, I think Mia and and Harper thing. I don't think it really meant that much. I really, I don't think it meant anything at all. That's why I'm, I'm not tripping. But it caused all the drama. It caused all the drama oh, because that didn't say Robin it. had to had to live through. Remember, Robin was wasn't she one helping him put on makeup? while you know before the wedding so he can yep. be part of the wedding oh, yeah. and no mm. i mean about the meaning of the actual act it did cause and spark a lot of things because harper was not like up front but i'm like y'all get over it maybe i am defending harper was it am i harping you're harper you might need to have an offline talk <laughs> no i no i love the perspective i don't think you're defending you're just point you're pointing out what other people may not be seeing about the situation which is true i mean we do that um because sometimes we get sore in our feelings that we can't say all right well let's look at it from different perspectives but that's how Thank you for so many names for normalizing that for me <laughs> All right, best man uh, final chapters breakdown. So this was a long period of time. So this begins in 2015 and ends in 2024. Uh, In the new chapters, if you have not seen it, spoiler alert, uh, Harper's offered to turn his first book into a movie. Now at the time, Harper is struggling because he starts writing these 
uh, I want to say kind of like self-help 30-day guide books. And they are wildly mm-hmm. popular, but he wants to be taken more serious. So that becomes a struggle. But his first book from the first movie, um, he's offered to turn it into a movie. Uh, Robin is discovering the next step in her cuisine journey. Quentin is getting married to, and Shelby is jealous because he's not marrying Shelby. He's marrying someone else. Uh Lance is struggling with the loss of Mia and can't find his place in life. Merch feels disrespected and overlooked. Candace is exploring natural medicine. Jordan is continuing to climb the corporate ladder. And what the hell? Oh, things really take off after on the island, uh, a shaman gave everyone some potion and it kind of went on this <laughs> mental trip and came to this realization. So the funny thing is it was brilliantly written. The first two episodes of this series could have literally been the third movie. Like it summed mm-hmm. everything up. But long story short, Quentin and he, Quentin invites everyone to his wedding. And guess who he asked to be the best man? Harper. Being chose, <laughs> which also pisses Merch off because Merch, <laughs> Merch is exactly. probably harboring so many feelings like y'all keep choosing this wild, crazy nigga that's doing this grimy <laughs> shit. It's me. It's Merchy, babe. So <laughs> nobody chose you, Merch. But um, he invites everyone some island. I forget where it is. Some exotic island. He wants to marry this influencer superstar. Uh, play. What's her name? Lord Jesus. Beautiful. I don't know. Zia Mara. Zia Mara. Uh, Nicole Ari Parker, who is still just mm-hmm. looking like the finest drop of caramel. Um, <laughs> I, mm, anyway, whew, the way y'all feel about Morris Chestnut, that's how we feel about her. So many fine women. And I still got to write about her, too. She's fine now. Right. <laughs> so, well, we're on board, too. We agree. Okay. <laughs> so everyone immediately notices that so at least this time, uh, yeah, well, Harper does need permission, you know, from his friends. He wants to get the blessing from his friends to do the movie, which is based on the book. Um, and that was interesting. But um, mm-hmm. everyone also notices that Quentin is very different. He's not smoking. He's he's actually healthier and seems to be of a clearer mind, which is interesting. They were used to the wild, rambunctious Quentin. Um, wow. And it's funny how that comes back later in the series with his health. Ooh. But anyway, they felt like it wasn't him and this is not what he really wanted to do. Um, yeah, so let's just get into it because now I'm thinking through the episodes and it's, it's harder to break down the episode. You missed, I was going to say, what I you missed miss what I think is like key. Please. Lance is fucking everything that walks. Yes. Yeah. Like He went back his- to his college days significant other is dead and this led to some harsh conversations here at my house right because we rewatched best man holiday and i talked about like we're going out like the notebook and my husband said no you'll you'll be fine i think i'm going to be the one to have the hard time and i was like why do you think i would be fine and here's a little candid moment about me okay um, my dad died in September. My mom was dating by October, but let me, my friends and I have processed this. My dad was sick for a very long time. My dad was sick for years. Hmm. And I imagine my parents had already gone through the conversation of what they would like this to look like. My mom had years to grieve. As a child, I didn't understand that. 
I imagine it being a similar situation for Lance and for Mia, but you could tell Lance wasn't dating for dating sake. He was dating from grief. And so my husband, to tangle those two things up, I was like, first of all, I know how to grieve. I've learned that over the years. But Lance clearly has not. Uh-uh. Lance clearly is avoiding grief through just like, you know, they say the quickest way to get over someone is to get under someone else. Yeah, it doesn't work when the person's dead. That doesn't work. But that was a huge part of this series, too, because I think some of that residual anger towards Harper was still there. Yes. And I think that this, this idea of like, who am I without Mia? And it gives you more context into their relationship. Like she was the anchor. That's another reason why her choosing Harper didn't make sense to him because she was his anchor. So that that's a huge part of this uh, series as well. You pointed out something too. Um, she was the first person that didn't give a damn used this big super winning football star. She, I think she was, mm-hmm. her and Harper were probably the only two people who saw Lance as just Lance minus the football. And like you're saying, it was very traumatic for him because you're talking about somebody who won at life. Superstar college athlete, superstar um, NFL athlete. And then the one thing that you wanted the most, that your, mo- your most precious thing, your wife, the person who saw you, your anchor is gone. It's like, well, fuck. Like, well, what now? And then you got four kids. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to raise no damn kids. That's what I'm saying to myself. But I'm like, man, he, ain't, he don't know what to do with them. The poor kids disappeared the whole series. Two of them did anyway. Uh, two and a half. So, right. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely smashing everything that moved. And his friends were very concerned. Um, it was light, but they were concerned. Uh, yeah, that was <laughs> that was interesting. And then he kind of met someone that was Mia-like. Uh, he met someone mm-hmm. who... It was literally the same thing. She was kind of like, oh, yeah, I know who you are, but so what? Like, okay, you know, football, we call football soccer over here, you know, or soccer football over here. That's the real life. She even challenged him with something he's not used to. He's used to walking in the room, getting whatever he wants. Nobody challenging him, nobody saying nothing. And so it immediately strikes him. I was like, oh, shoot. Like, how dare you come at me like that? I'm Sir Lancelot. Um, Mm -hmm. But so Shelby shows up to crash the wedding party. Um, She's a big reality star at this time. She shows up to basically crash the wedding because she has these unspoken feelings for Q and they have this hot, fiery passion. This is what threw me through a loop. Um, God dang it, Siamora. So he slept with her, right? He slept, Q slept with Shelby. I'm like, oh, this is gonna get messy. This is gonna get dramatic. And uh, his fiance addressed her with her, like, oh, did you enjoy it? Yeah. How's my pussy taste? I was like, oh, my gosh. Hey, sis. What? Did you like it? The best response. And and people were like, that's not realistic. Ain't no black woman. First and foremost, don't speak for us. (laughs) You cannot speak for all of us. Mm -hmm. Because that's how how I would address it. Because Mm -hmm. first of all, you don't never let these hoes know you bothered. You don't never, that's an issue for the man that you made the commitment to, okay? You don't never let these hoes know you bother. Mm-hmm. And my number one rule is don't have me looking stupid in these streets. So if you come and you talk to me, we have a conversation, fine. Then I can I can set up what I need to say with homegirl, knock her down, and then me and you will have our conversation. But that was that was beautiful. That was everything. And I was watching this whole series with my mother-in-law, guys. So it was a little <laughs> awkward. But <laughs> that was everything. Yeah, yeah. 
And then the the part when um they had another conversation and she really broke down Shelby's life. It's like, yeah, you you may love my man, you may get to sleep with him every now and again, but you'll you'll never have him, even though you want him. He is mine. And she was like, "Is that the life you really want? You basically want to be my sloppy seconds, because that's that's what you're doing. You're choosing to be sloppy seconds." She made her look in the mirror real deep and real hard, and I was like, "Wow, I was not expecting that." And that's a great way to flip it, you know. Who knows if her and Quentin had a conversation behind doors, or maybe she even expected it, because she ain't dumb, you know. She ain't dumb, but that was wild. And she wild. played it so be- beautifully because when she first met her, she said, "Oh yeah, really nice to meet you, Shelly." Yeah, You're like bitch. Like, you <laughs> and when she had the other conversation, she was like, "Oh, I know who you are, but like you never let me know." Never let me know. Anywho, yes, it was difficult to watch. I think Harper even said once, like when he was when he bought the plane ticket for Shelby, he was like, "It's just getting awkward now." Yeah. Like. Can you just, uh, you know, and you can look at it both ways. Like you could look at it as her being sad and all the things Seymour said, and because two things could be true, she's going to get hers. I, mean, I don't know. You can mm-hmm. look at. It. I wouldn't have chosen to do all of that though. That's just too much. That was a lot. Um, getting further into the something that pissed me off. Um, Jordan. Jordan meets a guy potential love interest and it literally goes nowhere great they they totally ignored it what was the point what was the point (laughs) and i'm like is this to show that robin i don't know if it's to break down keep saying robin jordan is like that fear of stepping out and moving forward with someone that's new because i have this career and i have these things well where are you going to fit because her life like she's climbing y'all like she's headed to the tippity top like the tip tip top of everything um, but I would have liked to have seen them because I feel like he would have balanced her because he was more of a free flow. Mm-hmm. Like, I got my stuff together, but I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. I'm making you laugh. I'm making you smile. I'm freaky. You know, I'm attractive. I actually I actually liked the, just the development of Jordan in the series, period, because it did really show you that, like, no, hunger really is about her business. Like, yeah. This is really, that is the love of her life. It really, um, in my mind, kind of solidified her and Harper as the, the star-crossed lovers, the two that will, will never really connect. And then it connected her to herself. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she was so busy. Not only did she not have time for relationships, she had time for her. She, mm. she put everything that was not MSNBC on the background, on the back burner, you know? Um, so yeah, she just did not have time for a relationship. Cause I, didn't she have like two or three different relationships? Like the, not relationships, but the, the guy at the resort that she was just gonna ignore. Mm-hmm. And then the guy that they went to college with, but then she found out he was involved with some company that does private prisons. I don't know how I feel about that part. Yeah, that that was a bit much. But um, and then there was another one I thought, but maybe the, the white man from the second movie that literally disappeared. <laughs> they had good chemistry. There was no drama. There was no fight. There was no argument. There was no race war. Nothing. My man went to go to see his family. He came back early just to be with her, you know. And then like goodbye. <laughs> yeah. So it might have been his real life because his real life is real messy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> So there was that. Uh, so 
I'm gonna fast forward a bit. So um, Quentin goes after Shelby because he realizes I love her. Uh, that was very uh, dramatic. Like he got down on both knees and begged her, like, "Yo, let's just do this finally." Um, and then she, huh? I love them so much together. Just watching them, they have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they. They have a real deep unspoken connection because ain't no way you're going to tell me that this 10-year-old girl who's been calling me Uncle Quentin has been my daughter this whole time and you did not tell me. I felt like that was a bit unrealistic. It's like, even though we love each other and we're together, it's like, you ain't tell me that this was my child? So he finds Uh out that he has a daughter. Uh, Yeah, so... uh, And uh, they greenlight Harper to do the movie. Um, mm-hmm. and I think, uh, merch, merch got to shine as the best man a little bit. Cause Harper was just slacking on his duties. So merch had edibles, merch got the scruples, uh, and merch was also, <laughs> <laughs> he was also just trying to spend time with his wife. But, uh, we see merch struggle with being, like you said, being chose. Like he kind of, that was like the first time he got like a starring role. Like his wife was like, okay, we're going to look at this natural medicine thing. And then everyone else is having their drama. He's kind of just like left out. But so mm-hmm. when they get back to their lives, uh, Harper is still, he wants to pursue something more meaningful. And now he's working on the movie. So he's super duper busy taking phone calls during family time. They have a cute, awesome, adorable, their daughter is so cute. She even got the Tay Diggs head. I was like, that might be his daughter, yo, for real. So you have that going on. Uh, what else is happening? So, uh, Candace and Merch. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. What was the the guy at the market that Robin was kind of feeling? Now, he was another beautiful man, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what his role was. Like, he seemed... That didn't go anywhere. I kind of wanted it to. Not that I wanted her to cheat, but I wanted she that... She did I cheat. Mean, she cheated. I, how? It was, emotion, it was an emotional cheat. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, he was the forbidden fruit. He was the prover- proverbial forbidden fruit. Served that too because he took it. They had common interest. Um, he showed up when Harper did not. I mean, my husband was like, "How your family ain't got no heat?" Like she texted Harper about this. We don't have heat, and instead of I don't know how much you can do away from home, mm. but. And you got Amazon in a big city like um, New York. You got Amazon Prime now, which means you get your shit within two hours. Um, but Homeboy bought her heaters. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I realized that. He took so much of an interest in. Why you got his number, though? Because. Why is man in my house, though? Because we got no heaters. Hold on, you're breaking up. Say it again. Again, I love my husband with everything inside of me. But if I text you and say I don't have heat, and you don't figure something out for me, yeah. anybody in this neighborhood, I'm gonna be in a neighborhood group. Like, hey, I don't have heat. Can somebody come here and get da da da? It's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I'm one of those people, Christian, working on my daddy issues. I'm gonna call my daddy. But <laughs> like. <laughs> Come on. Harper did nothing. He didn't try to plan yeah. now or anything. And she has his number because we're in the restaurant business. I need mushrooms. Okay? And you got the best mushrooms. <laughs> Anywho. Fresh. Yes. That that did happen. Um, and that was innocent. Nothing ever happened. 
Uh, it was kind of like a what if fantasy in her brain, and this would be so wonderful. And again, that didn't go anywhere, which was interesting. So uh, well, we're... it kind of gave her, it kind of opened her eyes. I think it was the catalyst for her to start to choose herself in the relationship. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the purpose it served, I think. That makes sense. Um, but the example y'all just gave with the heat, this is how busy Harper is. He's flying out. He's taking meetings. And quite honestly, he's neglecting his family. Um, and I get it. I got to go out here and get this for us, babe. But this is the other thing. She was kind of, she was like happy with where they were. It's like, bro, you have reached new heights with success. Like you had the first book, you hit a slump. Then you did Lance's bio. The first book is still doing really well. Then you've done these mini series. Like we have more than what we, you know, could ever want. But then he's like, well, I want to be taken seriously. So let's do this. Let's also move. Now to move. So he wanted a new house. Notice I said he wanted a new house and he masked mm-hmm. it as it's a better neighborhood. Our daughter will have better resources, but she did not want to move. His wife did not want to move. And I still don't understand how and why they moved because, bruh, there was nothing. There was never a time where she said anything convincing me that she actually wanted that house. It was kind of like, OK, if you think it's best, like, no, like that's a huge move and a huge decision that you got to live with for a while. Mm-hmm. And, I and think- she made it clear she wanted to be in Harlem. Yep. Yeah. She didn't want to be in the new New York that had been gentrified and all that good stuff. She wanted to be in the community she served, and he totally disregarded that. Yeah. <gasps> what you got to say, Christian? <laughs> I thought it was nice he wanted to buy his wife a nice house. That's what I think. I mean, if you ain't going to be there, then, I mean, I don't mind being upgraded. But, I mean, she did make a point that she didn't want to move. I kind of saw it as, like, her being difficult on one hand. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. But the more, since we have started talking about this from the movies, I am now understanding Robin's plight. Mm-hmm. And I, I really am asking myself some reflective questions. <laughs> Just given the way... <laughs> Harper has like kind of handled some things. Um, so yeah. Hmm. Was- and, and to your point about her being difficult, I also think that a, a child, what happened in this person's childhood, right? Because this is some of the things did give adult tantrums, right? Mm-hmm. And why do we have tantrums? Children have tantrums to push boundaries and to get closer to what it is that they want. Mm-hmm. and that's what she was doing but I think it comes from years and years and years of not being heard and not being regarded and I think Harper deserved it yeah mm. I, mean, well, I mean I'm learning so much about myself in this conversation I... <laughs> there was some in- it was interesting interesting dynamics um, and I could see like how you're torn you know mm-hmm. you're torn with who to choose, who's right, who's wrong. But it's like, it's really, it's just life, man. You're faced with decisions. I do think it was nice that, hey, let's move our family here. But if that's not what she wants, why is it so hard to sit down and say, okay, mm-hmm. let's, why Why did they need a therapist to say, y'all need to learn how to compromise? And it's like, y'all communication is really that bad and been that bad and never gotten better throughout mm-hmm. the whole, from the first movie up until now, we're talking about almost what, <clears throat> I don't know, 15, 20 years at this point. Y'all got a child, like y'all they don't- they needed a therapist because people do. <laughs> like, here's the thing: Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen like a, a battle scene in a movie? 
and you're like, oh my God, there's so much going on. I am the type of person to be like, I'm glad I ain't never went to war because I would be dead. Like there's just way too much stimulation for my senses, right? Mm -hmm. But what happens is you're so close, you are in the thick of it that you need someone standing on the hilltop to say, hey, you need to take a step to the left. Oh, <laughs> because, true. And that's, that's the therapist. Not to say the therapist is higher up. We're not talking, we're just talking about perspective points, yes. right? Like, yes. I ain't in it. And I tell my clients all the time, not that I don't care about my clients, but I say, look, whether you do what we talk about in here or not, that's your business. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, you can keep doing what you've been doing and see how that works for you, or you can start to try to see it from a different perspective. So sometimes people do need that outside perspective. They're just too close to it to see where the missteps are being taken. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that so makes that's such a great synopsis because people I, I want to listen to this. Christian. I was like, that's such a great synopsis because people will still listen to this and be like, I don't need no therapist. I ain't going to tell no stranger in my business. I live with one. Like, come on. I've suggested marriage counseling the last like six months. And he's like, you going to listen to a stranger over me? That's not what it's about, babe. That's, that's not what it's about. You know, you go when things are okay, when they're not. And I'm glad that they found a way. You better to go when things are good. Go when things are good. Okay. And they went, but I still, uh, to that end, I think, I don't think Harper's motive was really, you know, genuine. He just went to appease her. So like it's mm -hmm. and, and a lot of what I saw in final chapters with Harper and Robin yeah. was, he was doing things just to make her happy. Like he knew what he was going to do. <laughs> I already made up my mind. Yeah. I already made up my mind. And that honestly is me. That's something I'm working through in my own marriage. It's like, all right, I know what's best. Like I've been this, I'm a professional. I've seen this. And it's something I'm working on if I'm going to be transparent. But I mean, mm -hmm. it, I mean, it's not cute all the time. It's really not. It's not. I mean, I have to appreciate the intelligence of my husband you know, there are things I'm judging him on and things that he's obviously judged Robin on because he runs down the list of ways he supported her. And he's like, I've done all these things. I've counted the ways, but does love keep score? Like, is that okay mm. for him to have done? So I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm going to fast forward through their relationship a little bit so we can get to the other characters. But uh, long short, y'all, uh, it doesn't work out. Uh, Harper... <laughs> You know, she well the what what really blew it up for me was well one I could I felt like it was over long before this even happened but Robin gets an opportunity to go to Ghana and really get to fall in love with the land and the food and see a different place a new environment which at the beginning she she felt that way about the island she even mentioned hey you know let's just stay here and do this like this is opening my mind my palate is now you know, hey, you know, you've never tried these flavors and tried cooking with this. You know, the, the food was driving her. But she had an opportunity to go to with Ghana and she used the word we. And Harper was kind of like, we? What? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to do this. we going to Ghana. And then later it became, well, I can visit you and Mia. When, when are y'all going? So it went from we to y'all. And there was never a discussion in between. And the cycle of, well, Harper, you're doing what you want to do. What about me? And then as the therapist pointed out, Robin wasn't really good at just expressing herself because she said, hey, men aren't mind readers. But once she did, again, Harper's ambition and what he wanted to do just overrode it. Even at the uh, the movie premiere, she had a very important, Robin had a very important event she needed to be at. 
and you also had this premiere and the compromise was I'll go with you to the premiere but not the after party and I'll catch the very tail end of what I have to do I didn't feel like that was a compromise at all honestly because <laughs> uh, I'm like you missed the event like you really need to be at the event present at the event um, but anyway it was bad uh, and then so after that he he left and he showed up to her event you know to cheer her on and Harper and that damn Jordan ended up together all night long. Um, and, <laughs> and they had a moment. They had another moment where they made out. I'm assuming they made out. They didn't do anything sexual. Well, that is sexual. But they made out. And it never. he never really explained to his wife where he was and what really happened that night. And at that point, it was just pretty much over. And they end up getting... But you know what he did do? He wrote it down. He did write it down. And she read he it. He wrote it down. Idiot. <laughs> yeah. So that ended up pretty much being the catalyst to end of that. And they did also get into a fight because she sprung it on him that, hey, you know, I'm moving to Africa and I'm taking our daughter with, the, with me. Uh, he fought it, but he had a moment with his daughter and realized you... I'm going to say it like this. Damn, you really been raising her. She's just like you. You need to keep her. <laughs> like, that's what it turned out to be. She has your spirit, is what he told her. So, that was the end of that. Um, y'all have anything y'all want to add to their relationship and what had happened? Really just that the, re the only reason why I see the meme that Robin's a villain, and I kind of agree, is because you ain't finna just take my baby to Africa. I'm sorry. <laughs> She was a baby. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's far. I think I get I get that. But in Robin's defense, who gonna raise her? Because her daddy ain't been her daddy ain't been raising her, so who gonna take care of her? Cause I could leave like that would be the logic in my mind. I could leave her here. I could. But does that mean you finally put your career on hold? And if you do finally put your career on hold, does that mean you even know how to be with your child alone? Because we never, I mean, and, and there's like a whole world that we can't see, but we never see Harper with her by herself. We don't know what that looks like. The only, the closest time to that was in the second movie where Lance was holding and rocking the baby and, and Harper was doing something with the book. So you can't assume that yeah. Harper even knows how to take care of this child other than the the part where he notices, oh, she has your spirit. That's, that's it. You're going to have a relationship with this kid? So I get it. Africa's far. But I'm really into this authentic parenting thing and saying the thing. I you froze. Decided to up and, oh, no. no, you said, no, no, no you're, you're fine now. You said you're into this authentic parenting yeah. thing. And I love my children, but if my husband decided to leave me, he would have to take them. I cannot be a single full-time mom. And and I I own that. Harper cannot be a single full-time dad. He couldn't do that and pursue what he was trying to pursue so rigorously because the reason he was able to do it is because Robin was holding it down. That's just the truth. She was holding it down with the baby and taking care of stuff. Because he, like, there were some episodes where Harper literally wasn't in it. Like, you never physically see him in the episode. Um, even on New Year's Eve, he wasn't with her. And again, you have your wife with your friend group on New Year's Eve while y'all are going through some really hard stuff. That was really 
jarring and really interesting to see. Again, you have me in this situation with these people over the last 20 years and I've been through all this stuff. Now I'm pretty much beefing with everybody. And you got me here with them by myself on New Year's Eve. So it ended. We're probably missing some stuff, y'all, but there's a lot to cover. Um, I want to talk about Merch and Candace. They were very interesting. Um, Merch was doing his school thing, and he didn't like the way he was portrayed in the movie. And that kind of set him off. And he starts uh, practicing MMA. And those of you who don't know what MMA is, is mixed martial arts. He starts... Just going to the gym, learning how to fight and just letting out um, anger. But he had a Karen moment that led to that as well. Do you want to talk about the Karen moment, Christian? Yeah, I think that it was, first of all, just the last straw, not only because it was a Karen moment, but that it happened in front of his daughters. Yeah. And we've seen his entire kind of character arc from the very beginning of Best Man Universe to now being like disrespected and emasculated by women. I think that that was probably the, the last straw, like not in front of my girls. I'm already like Mr. Mom during this time. He's a nurturer, obviously, because he's an educator, you know, that's part of his character. But mm -hmm. the fact that his girls saw it and it, his girls was like, let's just go. It's let's just, let's go. Like, I think that was the last straw for him. <laughs> and he couldn't take it anymore. But I just thought, I thought it was extreme. But perhaps something, this something being his uh, aggression and talent, if we're just going to be honest, that was something that was probably inside of him the entire time. So it was interesting to see him kind of develop into that role. But I just thought that was just, it was random, but maybe not. I love, I love that you point that out too, Christian, because when you're dealing with trauma, there are parts of ourselves we cut off, right? Maybe, again, we can't assume anything about these people um, as their characters and scripted but what if he grew up in an abusive household mm. where he saw what excessive force can do where maybe he's even experienced what excessive force can do um you know i i've been in the company of men who were like man i was ready to fight at the drop of a dime for any and everything and i came really close to hurting somebody in an irreparable way and I, I don't do that anymore, right? So it really unlocked something in him that did seem a bit random to me, but then at the same time was like, man, he's been holding back this anger he's for angry. so long. He is an angry person. And, and the things that we cut off about ourselves are often what's most genuine to us, but people, society says, no, that's not okay. You can't behave in that way. So. I'm just happy he found an outlet for it that he seemed to be extremely talented in. And, you know, I, I so I don't know if you're going to touch on this, but in um, Candace's pursuit of education on this plant-based medicine, she runs into somebody who ends up like me tooing her. Yep. And I was like, she's not going to tell him. She's not going to tell Merch and he's going to find out and he's going to have to beat this guy's ass yeah. and he's going to end up going to jail, which, you know, with the Karen situation, that interaction with the police was already traumatic enough. And, yep. you know, black men know what it's like to have to act a certain way with police officers. So I'm glad it didn't go that way, but yeah. I was I was scared for a minute. Yeah, we so those of you who don't know the Karen moment, uh, Merch and his two daughters had they had lunch with Quentin. 
They left. They called a taxi. His daughter sat in the taxi. Then a white woman tried to get in the taxi and claim it as hers. They kind of went back and forth a little bit. The woman was a thousand percent wrong, had her dog in the car barking. Police came over. Police immediately sided with the white woman. There were two white officers. Um, and Merce just kind of let it go because one of his daughters kind of, you could see the fear in his daughter's face. Um, and it was interesting. Ooh, trauma. It's interesting. They got home and, you know, one of the daughters was like, well, dad, you didn't do anything. The other one's like, yo, you want our dad to die? And then like a day or two later, they were over it. He was like, you know, we didn't talk about what happened. What, what were you talking about, dad? Dad, I got a recital. And then the other one was kind of like, what? What happened with what? Man, get out of my face. I'm on my phone. And I was like, yo, that is like a real, they, they dropped a hint of kind of like how our kids are so desensitized. So, and one of them suffered from anxiety. Um, and, and the thing that's crazy about it from a parental aspect, I'll apologize, is like I, I tell my clients all the time about kinetic energy. Like once a, a object is in motion, it will continue to be in motion until it meets the opposing force. Inside your body, when that energy is going, it continues to go until you give it an outlet. So as a parent, we have to give our kids space to process things. And then we often try to come back and talk about it. And they have moved on. Their whole world are, are, are continuing to move because they do. And for us, it's just bouncing around in our bodies, which again is why this is such a great outlet for merch. Because I told my therapist too, I want to hit something. I just want to just, I want to fight. In the spring, I get really frisky and everybody pisses me off and I want to fight. So I need a boxing class. But um he needed to talk to his girls about that it wasn't even about what they needed in the moment it was about being a parent and processing and he had nowhere to go with it nowhere hmm. and again if, to that point about them not doing anything um or it being done in a, in a day or two like merch is not that guy that he modeled just that not talking about it i imagine like i'm just guessing what that looks like and then also this is a great point for us to pause and talk about us like seeing pushovers and sensitive men mm -hmm. like just because someone calls you sensitive it doesn't mean that you're a punk right like sensitive meaning like i am really in tune with my emotions and it probably took him a lot of energy to even push down all the resentment he felt for trying to stay alive like in the karen moment but just because I'm sensitive don't mean I won't throw hands. It means that mm -hmm. I know that my anger can go from zero to 100. And so being really careful with our words, I think, and understanding what that means is important because society always puts all these connotations on words and we're not even thinking about it. Ooh. So mm -hmm. that happened with Merch. Um, he kind of lets his, he kind of lets Quentin know how he's feeling about the entire friend group and how they're treating him. Um, I don't remember if him and if Harper like really ever apologized to him. I don't remember. Um, but that happened with Merch. Uh, his wife was really pursuing this plant-based medicine thing. Wasn't receiving the support she thought she would get from Merch. Merch kind of didn't really believe in it. Um, it was kind of like, you know, yeah, go do your school thing. I got you. But like no real in-depth conversation. You don't really see him strongly supporting. Um, and then she's drawn to a black male professor who seems to get her you know she struggled with one professor with her work and then she was like she just don't get it and then this guy he got it 
became she became one of his mentees or in under his program or whatever or he became her advisor and as you said she got me too uh she was in his office working on something at one point in time and he gets uncomfortably close once first of all the first time he got that close i was like ew um and then the second time he kind of starts rubbing her shoulders and touching on her and thankfully she was strong enough to stop him and then um, a housekeeper, actually, someone who was doing the, the housekeeping at the university saw him as well. Um, and you're right. She did not tell Merch. Um, I, that was tough to see and watch. I would hope that I would never put my woman in a position where she feel like she couldn't tell me. Um, I've actually... <laughs> and that ain't had nothing to do with him now. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Let me just... Mm-hmm. Let me I was going to say... I, would, I, 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 I was going to on you. Wait, I need to take my foot out of my mouth. I have put some girlfriends in a place to where they wouldn't, they wouldn't tell me things because I'm y'all like the way I am on this podcast is how I am 90% of the time. But like I'm zero to 100. Like I, I own legal firearms. I have knives and stuff like that. So they're scared to tell me cause they think I'm going to shoot somebody. I was like, that's not what I'm going to do. But like, let me know. Cause I also don't want to be smiling in this person's face or thinking it's cool with this person when it's not, but don't think I'm going to hop in my car and go beat the hell out of somebody. Like, no, that's not how I am, but I, I do want to know. I think it's also societal. It's yeah. also societal, though. Like, you know, for me, my husband's a martial artist of 23 years. Huzzah! And I don't want to say to, you know, I don't want to say anything to him that I know is going to get him in trouble. Because he is the person that, oh, somebody did what? Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And I know what that means. And the last thing I want is him to be in a situation where police can be involved. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. So, and especially after something like, I don't think they had even exchanged those stories at, at that point yet. But yeah, especially if you've already had an inter- interaction with police. And, I yeah, think they did. Yeah. They did. And he, he got back from a fight. He was beat up and sleeping on the couch. Um, yeah. Uh, and she didn't, she never told him. She wrote it down and let him read it. Uh, cause she's, she was like, yo, did, nah, we doing something about this. And I'm glad she did that as well. That was really important. Stand up for yourselves, whoever you are, whatever yeah. you're going through, please stand up for yourself. So I was glad to see that. Um, and then she yeah, found I'm out about merch fighting. Um, yeah, just about that piece, even what you said that you would want to put your woman in a position to not tell you, I don't think you're wrong in saying that. I understand what you're saying. I just want to add that people's trauma and their response to it has everything to do with that person and not the people around them necessarily. So if I'm a trauma survivor or I've been through something that I don't even have the words or the capacity to like address because I've never experienced it, then that has everything to do with me and my capacity to even advocate for myself. Like that's that's what I mean by my comment of like not putting all that responsibility on you, Rob, for example, for like not making my woman feel comfortable enough. Mm-hmm. Or like Jessica is saying, like I wouldn't want to tell Carl because I know what he'll do. That's not necessarily a trauma response. There are just societal things you have to keep in mind, especially as black people, as black women, as nurturers, as people, women, black women, who have to keep a lot of things in mind to protect everybody else but ourselves. There's so many layers here. And so again, Jessica made a comment earlier, not speaking for all black women, just because she's a black woman and black women are seen as strong and all that doesn't mean that she was and should have been able to speak up on her truth in that regard. Mm-hmm. People who were ignorant enough to believe that just because she's black and black women are outspoken, she should be able to tell her husband, 
I and Jessica has likely treated lots of Black women who have unfortunately experienced sexual assault of some kind. And the first time it has come out of their mouth is 20, 30 years later in a therapy session with us. And so I just want people to understand after watching a scene like that, which could be triggering um, and really kind of call up some really ignorant questions, ignorant meaning I just don't know what it's like to be a trauma survivor. I just want y'all to take that back that it is not your responsibility to protect someone else's feelings the way she did. Mm -hmm. um, again, to the point of her being probably responsible for her husband and not want him to get in any trouble. But I just think that's something that I didn't want you to like take responsibility for or your listeners. Like, let's yeah. not skate over that fact. There's just a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. It was not, I think about it. It was after she found out he fought. He was a fighter. Mm -hmm. She she witnessed the match and she was turned on by it. That was hilarious. Um, yeah. I do, I wish they would have had a conversation because I don't think any wife is just going to find out, bro, you, you're an underground cage fighter and we never talked about this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, but again, limited series, so it can't get everything. But I also, things get brushed over in this series and in these movies, but that was I funny. Really, I wish they would have stayed on that topic of the sexual assault. Not to like mm -hmm. belabor the point, but just because it's such an important topic, I yeah. think in our community for sure i wish they would have did more of that because i think it says a lot that she only wrote it down and could not even speak the words like i think that's a lot yeah. right there too. but yeah there's a whole lot of uh victim blaming and then people always oh people automatically be believe the woman and yada 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 i'm just mm -hmm. like just everybody just stop being slime balls um <laughs> it, it's crazy <laughs> it's just stop being slime balls like, i've even adopted from when i was teaching like now i i keep doors open I, hey, mm -hmm. you want to bring someone with you? Like, I just try to keep it a comfortable and cool environment because it's like, man, don't nobody need that. Like, and then like, it pisses me off when I see this stuff happen because it's like, and I think that guy was married too. I yep. think the professor was there. His wife right before he went to go try to rub her boobs. Yeah. Like, I love you, babe. I'm going to go sexually assault this woman. Like, Nasty. that's what happened. Yeah. But fellas, I will tell this. We are highly and heavily outnumbered by woman, women physically in, in in the world you can probably find somebody who wants you okay if she don't want you there's probably 30 or 40 <laughs> other women that you can find quickly and easily that will like just just stop uh, that's a whole that's a whole nother yeah. whole nother episode I know, because I know. It's, it's not it's even about, about desire it's about power and control power. Mm. yeah so that's a whole because probably in consensual relationships with multiple people who do want them. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it's about power and control. How can I um, insert, exert my power and control over this particular person? So yeah, that's a whole other episode. We'll be back. Go get know. therapy, y'all. <laughs> Go get therapy. Um, <laughs> we're probably leaving something out, but I cannot keep these ladies all day. Yes. Um, I want one more thing before we go. Wait, no, we're not leaving because we still got to talk about okay. Lance and we still got to talk yeah, about... Okay, okay, okay. We got to talk about Shelby and Quentin and then we have to talk about Lance and his... His... Son? His child. His child, okay. See, I can't even find the words. All right, uh, what do y'all want to hit next? I want to hit... Uh, let's, let's talk about Lance. Let's talk about Lance. We just Lance and his child. Lance and his child. Fabulous, honey. Had all the looks. <laughs> all the things. Give, give the synopsis if you want to, Rob, but I'm ready to go. 
I do it. Rob is all organized. So then we find out that, okay, Lance's child is non-binary, meaning he doesn't he doesn't just subscribe to the societal norms, the heteronormative male, female. He, his pro, mm-hmm. Their pronouns are they, them, theirs, meaning he can be in his feminine energy in space one day, masculine energy in space another day. He just lives. He just out here, she, they are just out here living. And I do want to, because you hear me foaming over the pronouns, give yourself grace for trying to learn as you keep going, yeah. you know, as I learn about these things because it's new to me as well. Um, but yeah, so because of Lance and who he is and his spiritual walk and the religion and all the things and just other factors, everyone around Lance is hiding the fact that, I guess, is it LJ? Yes. Is it Lance? Mm-hmm. Yes, that LJ is has discovered who they are and wants to live as like they want to live. And eventually we find that everyone knows but Lance. Lance finds out at the New Year's party because Shelby's drunk high ass has put it on the screen for some reason of Lance LJ serving a look, okay, on the TikToks and doing the things. Okay, so everybody finds out. I do love how everyone is like rallying around LJ. Like, let's just pace this. Let's be okay. It's going to be all right. Like, let's just ease Lance into this and when Lance finds out in his true fashion of course he denies the whole thing he tries to button him up tells him that well tells them that they are not allowed to live this way look this way walk talk dress this way and LJ runs away for a little while and um, for a couple of days Lance is faced with the question of do I want my child to live do I want a relationship with my with my child um, or do I want to just be me and be a jerk and not care to consider my child's life. There's a lot here. There's a lot here. And I'm glad that they touched on this, especially in the Black community. Mm-hmm. Come on, Synopsis. That was great. Yeah. Okay. And just to <laughs> sprinkle some more on that. Um, yeah, they knew his friends knew for about three months, so he got mad. You also discover how much... Well, it, it, he got mad for a few reasons. One, clearly he didn't understand it, didn't accept it. You're talking about someone who presumptively grew up in the 90s. So any type of self-identity stuff really wasn't talked about or I didn't even know it existed. It did, but it wasn't out there like it is now. You know, football, jock, you know, a ladies man, all that. Now you have a son, LJ, Lance Jr., what you call your son, your child, and you think your child's going to follow in your footsteps. You're grooming them. They're playing football. They're talented. They're good at football. So you're thinking, oh, you know, my child's going to follow in my footsteps and, you know, this is going to be the second coming. You have all these expectations and then the walls come crashing down. And, you know, when they ran away, you also realize, and he had to realize, I don't know my child. Like they were asking questions and the godmother, who was Jordan, was like, actually, they do have a tattoo. Actually, they may be at this place. Actually, this. And he's kind of like, well, damn, how, how, did, how, I didn't know, how did I not know this? But you were grieving over your wife. You were doing what you was doing in these streets. You're also bouncing to different career paths, trying to find something to do to occupy that time. And in that happening, you ended up neglecting your children. And then you end up here. Um, I did, I think we talked about this in the group. I did find it interesting that everyone was accepting of LJ's choices, except for Lance. But I also thought about the fact that everybody else is also, except for, well, 
Jordan is the godmother, so you going that's the whole another level of love and relationship. But everyone else also had kids. So they probably been through things with their kids and seen their kids and they have that undying love of just that's my baby, that's everyone my child. Everyone else had younger kids. They had True. younger kids. And here's the thing, life be lifing, okay? One, <laughs> don't put parents on a pedestal. Parents ain't nothing but people with kids. We don't know anything more than people who don't have kids, right? And what Christian said about, you know, giving yourself grace if you're stumbling over the terminology, but for people who also identify as non-binary, you have to give other people grace as well. And you have to be open to explaining some things. Um, in therapy, they, they said, your clients should not be explaining everything to you. You should research. Bullshit, it's their life. They don't yeah. have to explain it because I don't live it, okay? But mm -hmm. here's the thing, Every, it's easy. If one of my friends, or say to me, oh, girl, my child is non-binary. Oh, give them grace, love them, blah, blah, blah. That ain't my kids. <laughs> they don't live here with me, okay? You have to give your parents grace because your parents are grieving. Mm -hmm. Your parents are grieving all of those things that you just said, Rob. Like, he, my child is super talented in all sports, and I really wanted an athlete. He's an artiste, okay? My baby like music and art. <laughs> he is not going to go out, hit no balls, bounce no balls, none of that. He's not interested in that. When I approach my child about relationships, he's pissed. But I say, do you have a crush? Because I don't want to say, do you have a girlfriend? He might not like girls. I don't want to say, do you have a boyfriend? He might not like boys. When I ask him, I ask my children, who do you think you are? Because... You have to be intellectually curious about your children. What we grew up in, and this is an overgeneralization, everyone, so comment below if you had a different experience. But um, <laughs> what we grew up in is children are to be seen and not heard. Yep. You are who I tell you. you no, no, you're frozen. Think of it. Is it just me? Technology. Yeah, no, you're not frozen to me. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> you, you are who I say you are. You are interested in what I say you're interested in. Every sport I've ever been a part of is because my mom said, I think you'd be great as a cheerleader. I think you'd be great as a such and such. Mm. And so we live in a world now where children are saying, I want to figure out who I am. And so having a non-binary child honestly is not the worst thing that could ever happen. Having a queer child, period, is not a, the worst thing that could ever happen. But I think it is a personification of what we all have inside of us. All of us have a divine masculine and, fem and feminine energy, whether you want to admit it or not. Uh, I've had people be like, man, you a dude. You a dude. You think differently because you a dude. No, I don't. I think differently because I'm a human being. Yeah. I'm just a different human being. And so I think this was so beautiful because what it came down to is Lance saying, be, having to really reckon with, What's more important to me? These beliefs that I hold true and dear or my child's life. Yeah. Or my child's life. I do not care about who my children marry more than I care about their will to live. Mm -hmm. yep. So I've said to, again, my 10-year-old, if you choose to be with someone of the same sex, give mommy and daddy time. Give us time. Because I'm going to have to mourn the fact that I'm not going to have a daughter-in-law that's my best friend. I'm not going to have, uh, I'm not going to plan a wedding in the same way. I'm going to have a different relationship with your partner. 
And so that's going to take time because I've been thinking about this since before you were even born. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you'd be five months pregnant thinking about the first dance at the wedding. Uh Baby ain't even here yet. But I, I love this. I love that they came around to letting LJ exist in his space. And here's another thing that we know that sexuality is on the spectrum. And gender identity, sexuality, gender identity, two different things, but gender identity is also fluid. So he might be non-binary in this chapter of his life and decide somewhere down the line that he is a gay man or that he is a, a, a heterosexual man. Who knows? But I think this was beautiful. And as Christian said, needed to be touched on in the black and brown community. Yeah. I'm glad it was touched on. I'm glad it was done tastefully. I'm glad it spanned multiple episodes and it wasn't just thrown in there because I hate when I see other TV shows and they're just like, all right, we need an LGBTQ plus character. Let's just throw them in there randomly. And I was like, no, like this was a good experience. It was a young black person. You got to see behind the scenes of what they're going through and what their parents going through. So you got to see both sides. Like, this is who I am, but you don't accept it. Well, okay, you tell me this who you is, but I'm not used to this, and I don't know what the hell is going on. So I think it was important to show that. And then I'm glad that in the end, you know, he accepted it, and he was like, hey, you know, my child, this is their choice. They're, they identify as non-binary, and whatever they decide to do, I'll support them fully. That's all you can do, because at the end of the day, your kids, they're going to grow up and do what they want to do anyway, whether you know about it or not. But you probably much rather know about it so you can at least help it, help them and guide them in any way that you can. But, uh, all right. Let the lady- and in choosing themselves, they might not choose you, which means if you don't let them be who they are, you could miss out on the rest of their life. Exactly. And again, ask yourself, is it worth it? Uh Lance tried to tried to go back to the NFL. He got <laughs> got busted up in practice. Ends up being a coach, which I felt like, why you ain't think about that in the first place? Ends up being a coach. The woman he met at Quentin's wedding, she was supposed to be married, but somehow that didn't work out. And then they magically ended up to Gazelle in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else on Lance? And his kids disappeared until the end of the uh, series. <laughs> Which was also just very random. But <laughs> yeah, the hell of a babysitter. Because that offers uh, right. That offers a lot of spin-off, right? We yeah. could do individual yeah. lives if we wanted to. Um so yeah. All right. Uh Q and Shelby. So Okay. Go. Yeah. What? Okay, so this is what this is kind of related to them. I wanted to say speaking of children, I don't even remember their daughter's name. What is it? Kennedy? Kennedy. Um, they didn't make her as relevant. She kind of got on my nerves, but I do want to say, like, I, I don't know. I, I just want to say daddy issues all up and through because, of course, I thought about Shelby's daddy issues and how that might have informed her not telling Quentin in the first place that she had a daughter. I mean, that he had a daughter. And then just Kennedy trying to make sense of who uncle Quentin is and shifting that relationship in her life. Mm-hmm. So that issues all up and through. And I think for people who just believe that a man learning that they have a child, they should automatically kind of be like ready for that relationship. Right. I think that that's a layer too. So just like Jessica was saying, we need to give ourselves time and grace to understand our the choices that our children make we also have to understand the choices that i mean what it takes for us to kind of switch to being a parent 
And that's what Quentin was trying to do. I think he really wanted that responsibility, but Kennedy needed her time. And just like, I wish they would have done a little bit more with that, kind of fleshing that mm-hmm. out. Um, Because they just kind of, and the reason why I'm just like blah on Kennedy's character is because they just painted her as like some vain mini Shelby when I really wish they could have did more with that. But I mean, I guess they kind of wrapped it up at the end. But in general, about Shelby and Clinton's relationship, I just, I really enjoyed it. I loved it. They were just so in love and like, obviously doting on each other in their own ways where before you kind of got this hate hate like love to hate you the sex is hot relationship like this is where we got like their most genuine feelings about things Mm -hmm. so i just i enjoy watching those two yeah i definitely think my favorite couple and and you're absolutely right in the fact that they could have flushed fleshed out that relationship with kennedy because i mean they made it a point when he didn't Mary Ziamara and he married um, Shelby they made it a point to say like hey we have something to tell you I imagine a child has feelings about that right and I imagine there's probably a little bit more resentment towards mom like because you kept this man in my life but you never really told me who he was and um, you know I think Quentin and Shelby's relationship in my mind seemed like the healthiest it seemed like the healthiest relationship. I, I agree with that. I agree. They, you know, the, I think the least healthy aspect of their relationship is uh, Quentin popping blue pills um, to keep up with her sex drive. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a lot. Um, you know, I get it because sex is important, <laughs> but there has to be some discussion of like, okay what does this look like for us because obviously he can't keep up and that put his health in jeopardy because Viagra does impact the heart and the blood flow um but I I love them together and I love the way that she took care of him um Mm -hmm. when he had that heart episode and the fact that Kennedy called him dad for the first time when that (laughs) happened you know so there's a there is a lot there but I just I'm in love with them, so I don't know that I can say anything else other than that. Oh, I really love <laughs> Their relationship was interesting. Um, long, short, we did this backwards, but quick <laughs> quick synopsis. They got married. They never really had a super-duper major issue. I think their child was a reflection of them. Quentin also had daddy issues. His dad wanted him to follow in his footsteps, but Quentin was a free spirit. Quentin at one point wanted to sell their company, which was opening properties all over the world. COVID hit. Then the money got tight because they relied on people physically going to their properties. So they went through a bit of a financial struggle. They didn't really go, go too deep into that. But Shelby was holding it down with reality TV. Um, and her daughter was a reflection of them. They're both free-flowing, free spirits who speak their mind. And it's like, it is what it is. Quentin wasn't used to raising her, obviously. So it's like, oh, you want a bag here? You want this here? Like, we got it. What's the problem? And then Shelby was kind of the one. I think she was like, oh, like, you you a brat. Like, hold on. <laughs> um I think you're right. I think they did probably have the healthiest relationship because what happened with those two was they were the like the fun couple, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then when life started catching up with them, like Shelby realizing, okay, now Jordan puts me on this reality, this this talk show and my reality TV persona, this young hip, I'm out here doing these fun things. That's not what the audience wants for me. And is that really what I want for myself? I am older now. You know, I am married. And so she kind of moves into this more mature area and starts letting go some of the immaturity, I guess, if that's what you want to call it, or just older habits, I'll say that. 
And then the same thing with Quentin, you know, smoking, drinking, doing what he want to do. Then you have a heart attack. And then it's kind of like, oh, shit. They, they sit down one day and realize we old, like, or we're getting older. And they have to cope with that. Um, and I love the way that that organically came about. And they both kind of accepted it, even though Q was still wild and near the end. He was still being rebellious because he wanted to smoke and drink. I was like, bro, don't play with your heart. Um, As so old I, men do, who are setting their ways, they're going to do what they want to do. <laughs> or people, people really. <laughs> we do, we do. So um, that was definitely uh, interesting to see and watch. And I did enjoy their relationship. Um, and they were... They were dope. Like, they didn't really have, in my opinion, a bunch of drama. Like, other than mm-hmm. Shelby kind of, like, still wanting sex and him not being able to do it because of his heart. And then, like, her trying to change some of these habits. Like, look, I want you here. Like, I love you, and I know that's a part of who you are, but I want you here. And sometimes that's a hard battle with someone when you want, when you know what's best for them, and they know what's best for them, too, but they won't do it. And you can't force them to do it. Um, but it didn't become as big as an issue as I thought. And he ended up apologizing because he's like, you know, I know it was hard and I know it made it hard on you. Um, but yeah, I need to live, you know, especially with, you know, we have a child together. So there's a nice, neat little bundle. All right. Uh, yeah. Jordan. I think we talked about like real quick. I think we talked about like making doctor's appointments for husbands. That's the thing that we live. <laughs> we live like, Dude, something is not right. You keep talking about this thing, but you won't make a damn doctor's appointment. That's why men get married. But anywho, Jordan. It is. <laughs> it is. I think our, our body parts are so simple. That's the problem. If we had something as complicated as a vagina, I'm sure we would go to the doctor more, but I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with us. Uh, Jordan and what is this guy's name? I didn't like him at all from the beginning. Um, Damien, I think. Something like that. Uh, they could have got someone more handsome to play him. That's just personal. I don't that you call me whatever y'all want to call me. I just felt like, bro, you too ugly. I'm sorry, y'all. Is that bad? I don't care. I did. I was no. like, I like these. You got these beautiful chocolate people, and you just bring this scruffy bastard out. But anyway, um, right. talking about the character, not the actual man. But anyway, he's a old. He's an old flame. Um, who, who comes back around in Jordan's life. Uh, they dated in the past. She said that he had her digmatized in college, but he cheated on her. But So she was scared to kind of take that next step with him. But they were dating, and he was doing all the things. He learned her whole schedule and created space and time in her life without her knowing, just so he could spend time with her. That was dope. I'm not doing all that. Um, but he, <laughs> he did that in, in pursuit of her. Things were going well. She loosened up a bit more. She opened up a bit more. And then two things happened. One, she did find out that he invests in the prison system, uh, which he later explained that, hey, you know, I'm doing this to help reform the prisons. So why can't I make money and try to do some good at the same time? And she, I think she used that as an excuse. I think she quit talking to him because he made a snarky comment about Harper's movie at the premiere <laughs> that night. And you can't mess with Harper, bro. Sorry. I don't care who you are. You cannot mess with Harper around Jordan. You can't do it. And he did that. And she stopped talking to him, man. They didn't try to work it out. They didn't try to talk it out. Um, She also, sorry, I'm jumping around. At her health, speaking of health, her health was going down. She would have spells of extreme headaches and blindness. Like she had a whole calm room because she was- Yeah, she was like the head of MSNBC, y'all. Like, 
super top president running everything, running the shows and stuff like that. She ended up in that position. Um, so she had a lot of pressure on her. Um, she also thought she was pregnant at one point. That's what I get. That who did she think she was pregnant by? Did she sleep with Harper? Because <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go back and watch them episodes and see. Like I don't think it was Harper. Um, because she said no, 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 it's not Harper. But I, I need to go watch the timeline. But she thought she was pregnant. She wasn't, and that made her really sad. And I found that interesting. I think, well, one, so for women, again, vaginas are complicated, but for women, um, if you have high levels of stress, you can stop your cycle from coming on. And she obviously had high levels of stress. But one of the reasons I imagine she would think that is sad is because, wait, I haven't taken a pause in my life to do anything. I haven't taken a pause in my life to have a man. I haven't taken a pause in my life to have children. Do I even want children? Have I even thought about this? Yes, I don't even know how I think about it. I don't, think I, I don't even know how I feel about this, right? Like, I watch Friends. I get it. Friends stole from Living Single. We'll talk about that later. But there's an episode where Rachel's trying to figure out if she's pregnant. And so Phoebe tells her she's not. She says, oh, well, the test is negative. She's like, oh, well, that's really sad. And then she goes, I'm just broken. It's positive. And she was like, oh, well, that's a nasty little trick. But she never paused to think, would I be sad about it or would I not? And so... Jordan now is realizing I'm sad about this. Why? Because I've done nothing but work. Mm. Done nothing but work and play this stupid ass game with Harper where we ain't gonna do shit. Either piss or get off the pot. Yes. Yeah. That was, yeah, so that ended up being pretty much I'm trying to make sure I'm not leaving anything out. Yeah, that ended up pretty much being that. Uh, I think that's everyone. Uh, Harper, uh, as we said, Harper and Robin divorced. Harper obviously shows up with Jordan and Jordan, interestingly, is like, yo, I know what you're here for. I still love you. You're still my friend. But we even going to talk about this or broach this subject. You need to go heal first. You need to go heal. Feel your feelings because we're not we've been doing this for over 20 years back and forth. I love you. You love me. Kiss on the forehead. You know, these intimate moments we're around each other. But if we're going to do it, let's make sure it's right. And Harper moves on to achieve everything he wants to achieve with this new book, yada, yada, yada. Uh, And as we said, Lance moved on with his family and accepted uh, his child. Quentin and Shelby seem to be getting things a bit better with their child. And Quentin had these issues with his dad. Check on your parents, y'all. Go to their house and stuff. Because his dad was going through, I think, early stages of dementia. And the house was disorganized. And he was starting to have, his health was deteriorating and... Quentin wasn't used to seeing him like that because you got the strong, bold dad running the business and stuff like that. And then you see, oh, shoot, like he's, there's some fragility there. There's some, some quote unquote weakness there. Not that he's a weak person, but like he needs me in a different capacity that I'm not used to being there in. And he's not used to anyone being there with him. And he also missed his wife. Um, That's a whole nother conversation for another day. But, and Candace and Merch, Candace outed her professor um, and some other women came forward. Uh, I think Merch's school continued to be successful. I don't know what happened with his fighting career, but that's how it ended, basically. Um, and Harper got to see his daughter at the end because the grandmother, a random character, shows up. And, you know, uh, Robin was nice enough and kind enough to send the daughter from Africa to be there for his moment. Um, and he's being taken more seriously. Now it's the end of that. Uh, it pissed me off because I'm like, we want more. Because y'all can do so much more with these characters because they got kids now and 
you know, so many things could happen. There's still the Harper and Jordan story that could be told if they choose. Y'all called it final chapters, though, but that was it, man. Um, uh, final thoughts, ladies. Anything y'all want to add? It reminds me of girlfriends and how girlfriends left off and we were just like, well, what happened? And here's the thing that people have to realize if some things don't have resolutions. That's just this thing called life. True. And so I was happy to see this cast again. Obviously, it was a huge part of our our growing up and our experiences. And um, I'm glad they gave us a final chapter. They gave us something else. Yeah, I agree. I was happy to see everybody together. And it makes, they even brought Mia back, which was really cool. I don't think we even touched on that. But just to kind of see Mia, um with whatever memory that was and oh, i'm yeah. glad you know lance got like a happy ending you know with this huge rock at the end you know um and she was beautiful of course and i think it goes to show how much it matters that we slow down just in general as we watch all of the relationships if we slow down enough to really take time to kind of get to know ourselves through our friends too, because one of the things I'll ask one of my clients and when I'm first meeting them is what does your friends or the people closest to you say about you, think about you, what would they, how would they describe you? That's what the, getting into this friend group let us do. And I really enjoyed listening to like the poker game chats where like, you know, the men were all together. I always enjoy watching black men get together and talk about love and relationships. That's kind of one of my favorite things. It gives me really good insight. Um, and it helps me to humanize men because I do have sometimes an expectation that my husband should save me from certain things. And I'm also just like, oh, it kind of keeps me balanced. Mm -hmm. um, another one of the things I talk to my own clients about in relation to trying to address whether our expectations are too much, you know, so I can go off on a whole different tangent on that. Like, is our ask too big? And I really think they did a good job of normalizing the fears and responsibility of Black men in particular. Um, as they're trying to navigate it. So I appreciate the conversation. We went for a long time today. We did. I was going to say in my, in my closing one, I love you both. And thank you. This is, I think I'm quite sure. I'm hundred percent sure. This is the longest podcast episode we have ever done. And it was meaningful and fulfilling and had all the feels and wonderful information that people needed. And I'm sure people are hooked and tuned in and we're going to do this again with some other topics. So thank y'all again. Um, Another thing I wanted to talk about was a powerful man moment. You know, mm -hmm. after Robin and Harper divorced, Harper is just kind of like in a downward spiral, just home kind of mm -hmm. moping around. And his mm -hmm. boys just come over. They don't say nothing. Mm -hmm. This is this is deep for men. They don't say nothing. They come over. What's up, yo? Bring over food. Bring over the liquor. Set up the card table. He's just kind of sitting there on the couch just looking at the TV, kind of just like, man, damn. Um... And, you know, they talking a little bit and they look over and say, hey, man, we need a fourth for this card game. And it's keep it moving. Couple of things, you know. Yeah, they didn't talk about it. And we talk about how men should open up about their feelings. But sometimes, you know, sometimes you just need people just to be there. We don't need to try mm -hmm. to fix anything. We don't need to try to solve anything. Like, I just need to know that y'all got me. And mm -hmm. that's what they showed him, man. And that really touched me. I was just so glad to see that because that's been me. Like, I've had friends go through stuff and I just show up on back, bro, you ain't got to say nothing. What, what are we doing? All right, cool. Let's go. We ain't even got to talk about it. You just, he needed some normalcy. 
Like that, I think that was the first time you really see Harper. Well, the second time you see Harper's life slow down completely, and he has to look around him and be like, "Oh shit, this is my life now." Um, and that that wasn't everyone else had kind of been having these really hard bumps in the road, and then now it's his turn, and it kind of recenters back to the friendship, the original group, and I thought that was a really powerful moment. But that's all we got, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let me find my music here. Yes, yes, yes. So. Thank you, ladies, once again for joining the show and talking about the Best Man series. And we hope y'all enjoyed this. We're going to have to do this again. Maybe something else comes out this year. or Maybe we'll point out something and do more of this. want to give y'all some variety with From My Experience podcast because we are sharing our experiences. Everyone's links and information will be in the bio. Y'all got any special announcements? Yes, I'm always working on something. And so if y'all head to couchwithchristian.com or at couchwithchristian, you will get all of everything and be in the know about your grace space and how you can work through your relationships with me. And I'll leave it at that and let you do the work. <laughs> yes. So um, as I said, I work with moms. And if you head over to at Envision Counseling on Instagram, you can click the link in the bio and get some information on how to trash the good mom myth. But one huge thing for me in 2022 was that I started a nonprofit organization, Mommy's Hood Community Wellness Fund, which is essentially um, a fund to help women improve their maternal health and reduce the pregnancy-related death rate for Black women. We are three to four times more likely to die in childbirth for a number of reasons. But if you want the information, you can find it all at Envision Counseling on Instagram. I'd be more than happy to speak with anyone about it if you want to DM your girl. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, as far as from my experience podcast, make sure you read our blog posts. Uh, we try to post a new blog every week. We haven't been, but we're going to try to. Uh, we're going through a rebranding phase. Uh, we're going to get trying to give the podcast a little bit of a different look, but we're going to still give you some of the same wonderful content that you're used to. We're just going to deliver it to you in a different package. So I just wanted to put that out there. But other than that, uh, we hope that y'all are having a fantastic start to your year. And until next time, take care of yourselves physically, mentally, and financially. And we'll catch y'all next time. Peace.